Hello guys, welcome to Middle Class Film Class. I'm your host, Tyler. I'm Joseph. And I'm Peter. And today, we are reviewing one of my favorite movies, the Suspiria remake. Wait a minute, isn't this the original trailer? <laughs> from Suspiria. <laughs> I don't know, it sound, sounds like something made in 2017. But you cannot escape. <laughs> Suspiria. The only thing more terrifying than the last 12 minutes of Suspiria are the first 92. <laughs> <laughs> what a tag. Oh my gosh, what a great Suspiria. tag. Suspiria. Yeah, very. D- d- <laughs> love that. Um. <laughs> So that uh, was from the first. That was from the original, right? Yeah, that's yeah a, that was from the original trailer. And I don't great. know if you guys have seen the original trailer, like the no. actual trailer and yes, the movie. Joseph has now. <laughs> okay, well, that trailer has no bearing on what the movie is. Like it's completely <laughs> just total marketing. Uh, anyways, I'm really excited to talk about this. But uh, first, are you ready, kids? Yes, sir. I said. I can't yes, hear you. I said. Now's the time for dab and chatter. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, don't have a lot of movie news on my end, uh, but something did caught my eye or catch my eye. <laughs> I should say. <laughs> um, caught my eye. Caught my eye. Literally. Uh, Ryan Gosling is going to be playing the Wolfman in a... Uh, Wolfman, re- a reboot of the original Wolf. Is it going to be Blumhouse or Universal? Uh, Universal, because uh, they are going through the cinematic universe. Yeah, they're they're still trying to go the through dark the universe. dark universe. <laughs> <laughs> they're just limping it along. They're just like, "Fuck, got to do something with this." Especially after well, that, like, did they, you guys see the promotional trailer for the Dark Universe? I saw no, part no. of it. It was just like a bunch of clips from yeah. like the older movies. And they're like, yeah, this is what we're doing. Get excited. <laughs> remember this, boomers? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I remember that. <laughs> um, well, that's interesting. Gosling. Yeah, so uh, uh, the script, uh, from what has been described, is supposed to evoke the feelings of Nightcrawler. And uh, there was something else. It, what was the other movie? It was uh, Nightcrawler and something. I don't know. But anyways, uh, I'm actually kind of optimistic about Ryan Gosling playing the Wolfman. I think, he, I mean, he has the acting chops to do it. And I think if he has a good script and if it's evoking feelings like the Nightcrawler, then, uh, you know, there, there's a lot of good things that can happen. But I think everyone, I, I like a good werewolf movie. Yeah. Yeah. Like or, shitty bullet. Like. <laughs> Underworld. <laughs> werewolf, yeah, werewolf movies have a lot of potential. There's a lot of uh, range um, of the kind of CGI practical effects you can do with the transformations. Yeah. There's always yeah. an opportunity for a good, you know, pat on the back for a good uh, practical effects transformation scene. Yeah, I mean, yeah. my favorite werewolf movie, American Werewolf in London, definitely uh, pushes forward what. You well, that's set the like the standard. Yeah, that's the gold wolf standard. Trans- werewolf transformations. Yeah, incredible. And then, and then we, then we ended the uh, climax of werewolf transformations with Wolf Cop. Yes, 
<laughs> wolf cop. Yeah. With an upshot of a of a human dick turning into a wolf. <laughs> yeah. I've never seen this. You have That's it? amazing. That's the gold standard now. <laughs> it's I mean, it is practical. And it, but and it is brutal. Quote unquote practical. And it, it addresses a, a topic that's rife for uh, conversation is uh, monster genitalia. <laughs> what happens when you <laughs> Yeah. Does the Hulk's dick get that much bigger when he becomes the Hulk? <laughs> we need to know. Let's ask or, Mark Ruffalo. Or yeah. or the gamma rays shrink it because, and it's just like, it just goes away. Like little, yeah, That's why just, he's so mad. It, yeah. I remember, I thought I read somewhere that his genitalia just goes away when whenever he transforms into the Hulk. That's what, I, yeah. That He just becomes like a like Ken doll. Yeah, Ken doll or he only wears He only wears the shorts out of shame of every human. Although we do see to... his butt in Ragnarok. That's true. Those legs got to end somewhere though. <laughs> Most of the cone heads. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> um, and then, uh, I mean, this is Gab and chatter, so it doesn't have to always be news. So I wanted to ask you guys a question. Okay. Um, yes. Since we are reviewing a remake mm-hmm. of a movie, uh, Wanted to ask, what movies would you guys like to see remade if it was done well, or maybe hmm. so bad it was good? Any hmm. movie? Yeah, any movie. You know, I. So what do you? So do you? I mean, mm. I know I'm putting you guys on the spot, but just like what comes to mind, like immediately. Huh. That is a good question. I want a Indian in the Cupboard remake, but as like a dark, like super like body horror uh, yeah. <laughs> movie. Oh my god! <laughs> for for no reason, and he's just a killer. It's like the uh, trilogy of terror with that weird like African puppet thing that kills. Oh yeah! Except yeah. for it's the tiny Indian. <laughs> That'd be kind of interesting. <laughs> hatch, yeah. Hatching at you to death. It'd be like a Pan's Labyrinth where everyone thought it was a kids movie, and then they come in and <laughs> you see some <laughs> man bashing someone in the face with a bottle. Well, to be honest, I think that uh, if you're going to remake a movie, you should take a good concept that was executed poorly and remake that rather than take a movie that everybody loves and remake it into modern terms because yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. it's just that's a recipe for failure. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, nothing comes to mind There's right a now. a lot of uh, uh, pressure for a movie that was an exactly. iconic movie to be remade. Yeah, why, why start with your the, the bar so high? It's like if Back to the Future was remade. Uh, yeah, exactly. Do not, don't, don't, don't do it. You can't touch the classic. Just don't touch it. <clears throat> do you have, so Indian in the Cupboard as a body <laughs> horror movie. A body uh, horror movie. Yeah. Ooh, well, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I can tell you in my eyes, like not a remake, but a movie that was rebooted slash remade slash is a sequel that is like a lot better than the original is the Blade Runner sequel. Is mm, yeah. is mm. Is what... Because like I feel like Blade Runner twenty forty nine negates the need to for Blade Runner one to even exist. Sure, mm, interesting. Yeah, he like it is. It is not a remake. It is a sequel, but it is like in my eyes, like the perfect sequel. What a sequel should be mm. to reintroduce you to the universe. I mean, Blade Runner is a really hard movie to get through for your average movie goer mm. as well. Like it's long. It's very just droning like. So mm. yeah, but the scenery keeps you there yeah if you can appreciate that. yeah and it's i mean it, it is very interesting movie um and i mean i don't think i mean i think ruka Hauer is the main character in blade runner one mm-hmm. and deckard mm-hmm. is is doesn't serve like a He's vital role guy. in the movie he's mm-hmm. just like a cop basically it's harrison um, ford 
<laughs> doesn't matter if he's the main character. Because he's he, gonna be on the cover. Because Rutger Hauer's character is way more interesting, sure, and has a way more tragic ending um, than Harrison Ford, who obviously goes on to live. Dream but about the, unicorns. The, the sequel expands upon everything that the first one has, and it just makes it so much better. Right. It was it was done with um clearly with uh, adoration too it wasn't uh like just a shitty redo mm-hmm. it was somebody yeah. who gave a shit which was great and on that topic um i retract my answer any of the cupboards out um <laughs> uh, dune is in which is happening so oh, yeah, yes that is in if you uh sparked that in my head that when it, the introduction of dune being redone by villeneuve I was like, "Holy shit! That's that's a good that's a good sure. one to redo. Great uh, concept, but kind of a sloppy execution in the time." Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I don't know. I I liked the original Dune, the David Lynch Dune. Yeah, the David Lynch Dune. I thought <laughs> he was, doesn't like it. Well, <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll be an advocate for the things he doesn't like. Uh, if I had to say, uh, if I wanted a movie remade, I thought about it long and hard, and <laughs> <laughs> what I was thinking is the Black Cauldron, the dark Disney movie that they oh, made in the 80s. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. What is this? <laughs> I've never heard of that. You've never I, heard I, of I the Black Cauldron? I've heard of it. Mm. I've, I've seen like a poster. I've never seen the movie. So the Black Cauldron came out in the 80s. Um, it was a huge financial failure. Uh, it was animated. The animation was very well done. It was much in the same vein as uh, The Sword in the Stone. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Um, I think the Black Cauldron could a live action remake. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, I did because it deals with these dark themes, and I think it would it would be a really good movie to explore fantasy elements with like dark psychological dealings of evilness, and it's just um, I think it's really ripe for a not like a shot by shot remake, but yeah. like. This is the Black Cauldron, but uh, adult version, essentially, which the Black Cauldron originally is pretty adult-like. Well, that's another concept that would that makes a reboot um, work, I think, is you take a kid's um, intellectual property mm-hmm. and then scale it up 20 years to the, the original audience are now adults and make an adult version of that property. Yeah. It's a recipe for success. Yeah, I think, yeah. I, I think it could I think it could do well, but it would have to be... Very particularly crafted, um, but that's cool. So, um, well, well, real quick, if you were to take that same idea, a concept though, and apply it to the dark universe, you take take the people that were into the mummy and the wolfman and the creature from the back, black lagoon, and they're mm-hmm. all like seventy now. So they should just make a, a Clint Eastwood star in all of those. Oh and, yeah, and they'll make a ton of money. Elderly monsters, <laughs> Clint Eastwood, and Martin Sheen. Uh, yeah, Clint Eastwood's like, get out of my swamp, and then shoots him with a shotgun. <laughs> I think they should remake Zardoz. Fuck yeah. I'm I'm waiting for a good remake of Zardoz. And um, who's gonna play? Uh, sh- uh, Sean Connery? Sean Connery's character. Sean Connery. (laughs) Wait, he's still alive, right? Yeah, I think. He's still (laughs) slapping women. Technically alive. He's (laughs) talking back to him. He's technically alive. (laughs) I don't know. That's a... uh, The lead singer of Idols, that's what I think. Oh, yeah. (laughs) He's got the the facial hair. Oh, and uh, before I I depart on my part of discussion, (laughs) uh, we got a last-minute DM from uh, uh, one of our top fans, Michael Greaves. Um, so he said, this is in response Bro. 
to a question about Sweden from the square. Oh, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes. Michael lives in Sweden. Yes, it's Joseph's brother. Uh, he says, "Yes, people get arrested in Sweden. <laughs> <laughs> it's not, <laughs> it's what? not a utopia. <laughs> uh, there is actually a lot of problems with gang violence here." Yeah, those Swedes. You know, you I got, did not see this coming at all. <laughs> Neither did I. No one got arrested in Sweden. Um, <laughs> he says, young Joseph is correct that the majority of beggars you see are not necessarily homeless, but Roma who often come, but Roma who often come for a few months before returning to their home nation with money they earn. We have very few homeless here because there's a strong support system. Well, that's cool, Sweden. I'm, and then he... Uh, hey, Sweden. Hey, Sweden. That's very cool. <laughs> then he ends, I think you guys are doing great with the show. Really enjoy listening to the discussions. One thought I had about the wild card slots is why not have those be listener submissions instead? Well, well if there was any listeners... <laughs> I, I like, would say... What, if, for our five listeners? If we, <laughs> Hey, we have, uh, uh, according to our stats... Uh, Almost triple digits, <laughs> listeners. Yeah, um, I, I'm I'm completely not opposed to that idea at all. Yeah. I think we talked about it earlier in the uh, series the, that we wanted to have the wild card picks eventually. Yeah, absolutely. The takeaway from this is listeners send your suggestions in. Yeah, I have in the back of my head. I got um, Ricky Ricky O, the legend of Ricky, which was Brendan's uh, suggestion. Yeah, yeah. A, ghost, it, a ghost story that uh, Brianna. Suggested. Even, even Love a ghost Michael story. sent some. Yeah, prim- uh, primer, primer, and some other ones. Primer is definitely in my uh, in my catalog. That's going to be added to the wheel. Oh man, Primer is a good movie. I would love to talk about that one. We could talk about a little bit more off air about that, but I think that's uh, definitely uh, in the cards. And Something listeners we do want to set. Yeah, send more suggestions um, for the show, streaming picks, recommendations, non-streaming yeah. picks for the wheel, um, whatever yeah. you want to see. Yeah, uh, so uh, thanks, Michael, for the suggestion. Uh, uh, thank cool. you for awesome. listening. Thank and you. Uh, so, uh, Joseph, you got uh, you got some you got some some stuff. Uh, up until the release date, I will be talking about Tenant every week. <laughs> All right. Um, so I got a couple things from Tenant. One little controversy regarding the logo of Tenant. Oh shit! Yeah. Um, it is. The, How can there be a controversy on the logo? So the logo and the name. So. Warner Brothers changed the logo to of Tenet. It was it was the last the E and the T were the E was flipped backwards and the T was upside down, the original logo. But it, it was okay. the same logo as a bicycle components company who Whoa. had that logo before. And they yes. had the exact same name. And it was interesting. Here's I'm showing Tyler because me and Joseph have already seen this. This is above is the, the movie. That's the movie. The movie and below is the bicycle company's logo. <laughs> yes. It's a ripoff. Just go, just Google tenant bicycle logo and you'll yeah. see it. Nolan's a hack confirmed. <laughs> it yeah, it's um it's very interesting. It's a very weird word that I've never heard of, and it's like an even weirder word for a bicycle parts company. I well, think isn't, isn't tenant like oh well I guess tenant is spelled differently if you're occupying a rented space. Yeah, tenant with an N. Tenant. Oh, okay. tenant. Um so they changed the logo, <laughs> I think, in the newest trailer. For the movie, yeah, um, I didn't notice the upside down. Team. Me either. I didn't. Yeah. Me either. It's not a huge deal, and and the the owner of the bike company is not making it a huge deal either. He's just like was worried about like him being accused of taking it. Yeah, from them. him being accused of taking it from Nolan. 
So he he put out a letter or a statement saying, hey, I I had this company like six years ago. Uh, I had the name and the logo. (laughs) Don't worry. I'm not suing. (laughs) Yeah. And then and uh, Nolan himself sent the owner a letter um, saying basically saying that he's been working on this movie for six years. He's had the name. Um, I don't know about the logo. I don't know like if he designed it or if somebody else designed it. I don't think he designed um, it. No, there's no way. He's been evolving it over the last six years, um, driven by palindromes, basically the sim- symmetry of a word, um, and it just—it's literally, literally just like the same thinking. Like huh. it's, it's how funny would it be if they changed the name because of the controversy and they just made it race car. <laughs> they, they flipped flip the R upside down backwards. <laughs> hey, that's a palindrome too. You know what? Race car. Race car. <laughs> Robert Benson. Um, so that's just like a small little controversy um, surrounding Tenet. Not a huge deal at all. Yeah, that is pretty. That's pretty funny. And though. no one's like the bike company's not going to sue Nolan. And no one's. I'm sure they don't even have the and resources. No one even said that he was like he was like I'm in love with our logo, but if 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 you have a problem with it, basically, I can change it. And he did. Um, yeah, I actually do have a problem, Nolan. <laughs> and, you do. <laughs> so, yeah, that's just a little controversy that's kind of passed now. Um, another thing that I saw was that in the trailer for the new tenant, we see a 747 crash into a building. Mm-hmm. Nolan purchased that 747 on his, on his own. On his, just his, for his own money? His own. Just so that he could crash it into a building. I, I believe that it was the the story goes that they because I was that's gonna be one of my stories, is that uh, they did the math on whether or not it would be easier to CGI it or rent us a partial structure of it and then CGI the rest and then they're like you know what let's just buy the plane it's cheaper that way and crash it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, oh my God, I mean it it fits that's into crazy. Nolan's Nolan's filmmaking style because it's pretty much all practical effects with no one i mean he's flipping big rigs he's building entire sets that are rotating that literally Batman. reversing time in front of our eyes dark, yeah he's dark night rises changing the fabric of time and how it works they crash that plane for dark night rises too yeah they're yeah when they're dangling they have like an actual team that's an actual plane crashing yeah they have an actual team uh, descending from another plane onto this plane it's crazy yeah, yeah. it's insane I, super impressive yeah yeah it's it's the scale i mean <laughs> If you think from following <laughs> yeah, yeah. on the streets of London oh, God. to crashing 747s into buildings <laughs> and flipping semis upside down, that's the long, long ways. That's yeah, yeah. hot dog style, <laughs> hot hamburger, hot dog style. <laughs> this is a, that's a glow up. Yeah, that's that's and in only ten movies. Yeah, I'd be curious, like who's fine, like who, like when they're financing Nolan movies, it's like if it's like the same group of investors. They're They're just like, brothers, probably. Yeah. It's like, oh, uh, Nolan. Yeah, here, here uh, here's all the money. I mean, all it, the money. It's him and his wife who are always who work together in every movie, basically. Yeah. Oh, right. <clears throat> and she's a producer. Um. Anyway, so yeah, so he's buying San Forty Sevens and crashing him in a building. <laughs> <laughs> um. Uh, I still have this. I just saw this one, um, off IndieWire. It is uh in the 2011 Cannes Film Festival. The Tree of Life won for the Palme d'Or. Palme d'Or. Or Terrence yeah. Malick won it. Yeah. Um, but it was it was bef- a joke before the this this article is revealing that the audience favored Melancholia really to win the Palme d'Or, but they didn't want to give Von Trier 
No prize. shit. And some Why does everybody hate Von Trier so much? Melancholia was fantastic. Anti-Semitic bastard. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he is a not probably a good person, but he is a, pro- a really brilliant filmmaker. I don't know anything about his personal life except for he's a um, instigator. Yeah, with he's, his like, he's like a troll yeah. with his movies, but he makes <laughs> the great movies. So is Werner Herzog, but we love him. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's 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 like love the artist, hate the or love the art, hate the artist or something. Um, that's kind of like the... Wasn't he the director that, of uh, Irreversible? No, no that's Gaspar Noe. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah that was um, Still in like the That's same like your vein. uncle, Tyler. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Good Uncle Gaspar. <laughs> good Uncle... Oh, oh, Uncle Gaspar. So, yeah. So, um, yeah. The Tree of Life won, but uh, the audience favored um, Melancholia, but they didn't want to give Von Trier the award. Uh, <laughs> was was Antichrist filmed after or before Melancholia? Before Antichrist was like 2007, I think. So really, Maybe. it's not his anti-Semitism that got the snub. It How was is really... Antichrist anti-Semitic? Well, no, no, no he is. No, <laughs> the the director himself is anti-Semitic, or he's. The, I think because I read that same article, I think the reason why they didn't give it to him is because he said some anti-Semitic. He's a, he's stuff. a uh, controversial uh, person. Hmm. Um. But I was I was gonna jokingly refer that it was because of the Yet scene of Willem, <laughs> Willem Dafoe's junk getting crushed, oh and they God. got yeah. spooked. They're like, "Oh, we can't." Oh, we can't, we can't um, yeah, that's uh, that was hard to watch that scene. Yeah, so he may, he's a great artist mm-hmm. on Trier, but he's very uh, divisive amongst just people, the population. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and to end my new segment, I found this Twitter thread of. Netflix mm-hmm. uh, tweeting out to brands, brands specifically, mm-hmm. what's something you can say during sex, but also when oh. you manage a brand Twitter account? Yes, I did see that. It's funny. Wendy's. Wow. Four for four. <laughs> you should put, we should post this on the Facebook page. Uh, YouTube TV. I can't believe this is happening live. <laughs> uh, ben and Jerry's. Do you want to take a lick? <laughs> So Our, these, these are brands. These are brands, these brands like actual Twitter brands. Actual Twitter brands responding to Netflix. What they would say, what you can say for Dur- your brand recognition sex. and during sex. Uh, Arby's, do you want more meat? Can you imagine the saying that? Always yes. You want more meat? IMD, I'm, IMDb. Sorry, I'm vegan. IMDb, the Mandalorian continues to dominate. <laughs> <laughs> How'd you know? No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> My mom listens to this podcast. I'm not gonna say that. Uh, Pop tarts, fill me up. Pop tarts. <laughs> oh, speak, speaking of, sorry to interrupt, but uh, do you see the Twitter thread? That's a, uh, it's a uh, Jeff Goldblum's um, fashion choices pairing up with Pop Tart flavors. Oh no! Oh, so good. Okay, continue. Uh, TED Talks. Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. <laughs> that's what you say at the end. Coming to my TED Talk. Uh, yeah, pet, thank you for coming. Pet, to pet toe. <laughs> We hope you enjoy these new toys, and it's a picture of these elongated dog toys. Have, oh, leave have, the pets out of I, this. I have, I have that toy for Nova. It was a gift from someone. Uh, come and go. Not touching this one. <laughs> Is that from the Midwest? Uh, I guess so. Uh, Mr. Peanut, I need a nut. Come on. That's not even trying. Yeah, that was, that was lazy. Give yourself another baby, Mr. Peanut. People for Bernie Sanders. What? what? We're going to make Netflix pay their taxes so hard. 
I know that's what that I would love jiu-jitsu. to hear. They need some judo on them. <laughs> Pepsi, we prefer it in the can. Oh my god, that's oh. working blue. Audi, zero to sixty in three and a half seconds. Audi. <laughs> Oh boy! Man, Do- there's a lot of brands replying. Doctor Pepper, trust me, I'm a doctor. <laughs> um, that just sounds this is a real, creepy. This is a real taxi. <laughs> Outback Steakhouse. We recommend medium, firm with a warm pink center. Oh my god! <laughs> Are they allowed to put this on the internet? HBO Max. I'm close to launch. <laughs> <laughs> this is, I, I, I read this thread a while ago. This was this was a before XBO Max was even about to come out. Yeah. Yeah, that clusterfuck of a street. <laughs> Moe's Southwest Grill. That's a good looking taco. Like has uh, anyone ever cared about Moe's Southwest okay, Grill? Okay, I'll end it with Boston Market. Boston Market. You've been waiting for this stuffing all year. <laughs> Wow. There's a lot more. Bravo. You can see it on our Facebook page. Yeah, post that to the Facebook page. I'll post the <laughs> Jeff Goldblum as a Pop-Tart flavor to the Facebook page. Because <laughs> that's about movies. <laughs> Technically. All right, so I only have one story. Joseph uh, uh, already mentioned the 747 from Tenet, which is so such a beautiful idea. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, that the megalomaniac known as Christopher Nolan decided to do that, and it's actually a good financial choice. Um so this is good news for the Batman. Um, oh, the Robert Pattinson one, the Batman version. Yeah, yeah. he's uh, the Batman is among a small selected um, group of movies that have been given the go ahead to restart filming in the United Kingdom. Oh, thank so, God! Yeah, the uh, UK <clears throat> um, government entities have signed off on COVID nineteen guidelines that are going to allow the mu- movie and TV industry to start resuming filming again with obviously a ton of precautions um so but it's being filmed in the uk which i was not aware of and that is very encouraging because it was the last message that we gave on this here podcast was uh that it was suspended indefinitely yeah. and we all kind of knew it would most likely not cancel because they already filmed at least 30 percent of the filming supposedly yeah but it is starting again so we may see the pat man on screen sooner than we thought you know what i think i think the reason why they're going forward with it is because they saw the success of joker and they're just like oh that was a really successful movie we got to push this forward and i think well that's probably maybe one of the contributing factors to them starting it but it's you i know, think if joker wasn't a success i think uh, the Batman would probably be shelved. You think so? I think so. I, they probably have. They probably. It's probably one of their biggest invested movies right now oh. to the Warner Ronda Brothers uh, franchise. Wow, I didn't know they were putting so much money into it. I mean, it's they were diverting the cost to Tenant. It, yeah, <laughs> it's it's Pat, it's Pattinson in a Batman lead, and you know those movies traditionally are pretty expensive to make. Yes. But uh, but yeah, no, I'm, I'm excited about about that. Me too. And uh, I'm also excited about our next segment that uh, Joseph's going to introduce um, regarding yes. Adam. So, uh, like last week, we had Adam on the show, and again, we are about to have him on this show in a segment. That, uh, as of right now, we are calling Adam's Plops. <laughs> um, the reason being is that he, he when we were working at work uh, and not at home, he would uh, plop uh, DVDs uh, on my desk for me to watch. And, um, yeah, and I've been exposed to movies that we've watched here on this very 
on this very podcast, mm-hmm. such as Bad Lieutenant, Protocol New Orleans. What he, a great wasn't, movie. Wasn't Society one that he recommended you? Uh, yeah, no. Yeah, well, he showed that at the Red Museum. Okay. I, um, you you recommend that to me, and I watched it and had a great time. <laughs> uh, yeah, Society, streaming on Prime, Oh, I my believe. God, what a weird movie. Um, and also From Beyond, Dead or Alive. Um, Phantasm, which the, we watched. The Phantasm, which is now also streaming on Prime. Yeah. Um, Phantasm? Phantasm. Yeah, it's... It, it's, it's iconic, a, but it's terrible. <laughs> uh, what is it, what's the other one that I saw at the Red Museum was uh, um, Phantom of the Paradise. Oh, yeah, Phantom. I think that's on Paradise. Prime, too. That's a fun one. Yeah, that's yeah. a fun movie. Um, so anyways, so Adam's going to call in to us, right? And We're going to call him. Yeah, and uh, what's 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 he going to do for the audience? Uh, he's going to recommend some movies. He's going to plop a movie he's on the desk. Plop, plop yeah. some movies into plop your brains. Um, yeah, <laughs> I think right. it might be in line with uh, the movie of the week. All right, so here we go. All right. What's up? Hey, Adam, how you doing, buddy? Doing pretty good. How you guys doing? Doing good. Pretty good. We're ready to hear a uh, fresh movie plop down for our audience to recommend. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Adam's Plops. Yeah. <laughs> you want a fresh you want a fresh plop, do you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we do. A nice steamy, a nice steamy one. The audience is ready, willing, and able. Um well, you know, I was uh thinking about, you know, what you guys are doing today. Joseph mm. told me. Um I wanted to do something steam appropriate. Okay. All right. Um and I do love Italian films a lot. So like I, I was introduced to, you know, spaghetti westerns really early and I watched a ton of those with my dad. You know, I love I love the Italian stuff and I've always been into horror. So uh Suspiria, of course, was like one of my favorites. It's just so fucking weird. Yeah. <laughs> like so uh so extreme with like the violence, the shock, shocking camera work and whatnot. And Adam, did oh, you God, see the? Yeah. Did you see the trailer for the original Suspiria and how it had nothing to do with the movie? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. roses are red, violets, violets are blue. Uh, the iris is the flower that will be the death of you. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think he's ever seen. Yeah, he's right. No, it's fucking crazy it's just like the only thing more terrifying than the last 15 minutes are the first like 52 59 yeah yeah, whatever it is oh my god (laughs) so great i mean but that's kind of how they had to market that stuff because it was so fucking weird to american audiences yeah definitely it was like you're not gonna understand what we're trying to say with this so uh just want to get you in the door here's a bunch of crazy stuff to look at (laughs) um but (laughs) (laughs) perfect which is great because it means size Ah, oh really like to to sigh that is what very means yeah it means to sigh okay i don't speak french yeah yeah (laughs) italian yeah italian (laughs) what's that (laughs) um so anyway uh the one that i was thinking of that stands out in my mind it's it's genuinely probably my favorite Italian movie of all time uh, after like, you know, once upon a time in the West is cemetery man, cemetery man, cemetery, AKA man. De la Morte, De la More. Hmm. You ever heard of this one? Ah, De la Morte Amore. Oh. <laughs> yeah. That's familiar. Now you're speaking my language, French. <laughs> it, it's right. Exactly. Uh, De la Morte, De la More is, 
um, from a protege of Dario Argento, um, this guy named Michele Suavi. I looked <laughs> it up, and he he was his assistant on a few movies, and then he went on to do his own stuff. He directed a few films. I think he's still directing, actually, but it's all like trash. Like you know, oh. no one's ever seen it. Yeah. Kind of like it's kind of like Argento's new stuff. Like total, like garbage. Mother of Tears. <laughs> oh, that's sad. Oh my God! You see Dracula? <laughs> oh. Anybody watch Dracula? No, the the new one. Yeah, it's uh, it's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> well, can you where can um, you where can you find this um, Cemetery Man? You know, that's what's so funny is I don't I don't know if it's available anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, but let me just give you a rundown. Yeah, please. So. It's Rupert Everett plays the caretaker of a cemetery. Um, and for some reason, in the cemetery, the dead are rising from the grave. Hmm. So he, he takes them out and he reburies them. And that's that. Um, <laughs> oh. so that's like, that's his, that's his fucking job. That's his he job. He takes oh, care of the cemetery. Funny. The people come back to life. He kills them and puts them back in the ground. He's to kill them first? Oh, that sucks. <laughs> well, you know, they're zombies. <laughs> um so yeah i mean it's like a super unconventional zombie movie it's hmm. definitely a horror comedy um really it's a love story it's and it is with a zombie <laughs> kind of yeah kind of pretty funny i mean it's way more complex than that <laughs> okay it reminds okay. me of brain dead it's, a little bit yeah it's not as like overtly like gory mm-hmm. no, oh, oh, you yeah. know like insanely like, like brain dead's like just fucking over the fucking top yeah this yeah. is more like um it's more subtle it more has to do with like the shots the mm-hmm. really beautiful cinematography yeah everybody talks about the visuals even if they hate the movie or think it's like too much they they love the visuals okay. but yeah i mean it's basically this this existential zombie trip this guy oh. uh trying to figure out the meaning of life he falls in love with uh the the wife of one of the zombies uh-huh. um you know he, he they bury him and then he falls in love with her and then it's a whole thing sounds multi-layered oh 94 it's, it's there, 1994 there's a there's a fucking ton going on in this movie and huh. i had been into the italian flicks for a while before i watched it especially like the horror stuff yeah and the weird like argento produced like demons mm-hmm. or like i watched um so i made a movie called the church which is like a really fucked up, weird, oh yeah, Catholic horror movie with with uh, demon rape and stuff. It's great. Cool. Yeah. You guys didn't get my demon rape comment. You didn't think that was very demon rape? I'm just shocking. I'm absorbing I it all of it. Demon <laughs> rape is who's Are you listening raped? to me? This is demon. Is rape. the demon doing the raping or receiving the raping? Oh, the demon is definitely raping. Oh, okay. Well then, oh, unfortunate. Well. <laughs> oh, this shit's hardcore. Anyway, this is all in, cem- this is all in cemetery, man. No, 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 that that's from the church. Okay. Oh, okay. So, so I had I had seen the church, and I thought that movie was like fucking wild. Um, and then Cemetery Man sort of popped on my radar. Um, oh, gotcha. Okay. A little bit, a little bit later, and it's like so funny, it's so bizarre. Definitely a movie night kind of kind of pick. Cool. Oh, all right. Well, I I I do. I looked up both of those titles on um, Just Watch, and Cemetery Man's not streaming anywhere. It's the 1994 yeah. version, right, with Rupert Everett. Yep. Yeah, that's not not streaming anywhere, unfortunately. Uh, but the church is 1989, streaming on <laughs> Amazon Prime. 
Yeah, that, that oh, came God. up as a recommendation after I finished watching the Suspiria remake. Oh, I'm not really? The church? <laughs> yeah. Funny. Awesome. It, it's okay. It's okay. It's, there's, there's some fun stuff in it, but honestly, Cemetery Man, no Cemetery like, Man. yeah, if you don't, <laughs> if you don't like Cemetery Man, I, I think you need to watch it again. <laughs> oh, all right. <laughs> like it's so, and people apparently, I don't know, it's got like six. Point seven percent or something on IMDb, and I'm like, eh, fuck you. Six percent. Oh I mean, like, <laughs> that's pretty funny. Well, that's no, 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 for general. Six, that's six point seven out of ten. That's six point seven oh, out of ten. IMDb. Yeah. 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 Well, yeah. If so, we can, if I can tra- track a version of it down, maybe we'll we'll give it a watch. Um, but uh, I have a DVD. I mean, it's, pl- plop I it on I my desk. I have the last <laughs> release of it. <laughs> yeah, that's what I want to add. Plop it on my desk. I thought I thought you were Fresh. gonna say we you can only watch it on uh, Laserdisc. That's the only that's <laughs> oh, yeah. where it's only available. I think the last release was this, this uh, DVD. I don't think it's on Blu-ray or anything. Oh, hmm. uh, they didn't transfer it or anything. Yeah, oh. not not, yeah, not, not a feature from, people clamoring for a Cemetery Man. Right. <laughs> well, cool. Two thousand six. Oh. Yeah, it's it's really great. I really do. I recommend it to everybody, especially people like zombies. Like, I kind of got over zombies. And that's part of the reason why this movie appealed to me is it's like it's not really a, it's got zombies but it's not about zombies. Sure, it's a fresh um, Yeah, it's way more cerebral. Yeah, yeah. Cool yeah. man. Well, that's a word I we can pre- mispronounce. <laughs> we appreciate the recommendation for our audience and uh, um, thanks for calling in, buddy. Yeah, of course. Thanks for having me as usual, and uh, I'll yeah. try to come up with something. More with more mass appeal, <laughs> some accessible. <laughs> yeah. Um, cool, man. Cool. Well, I guess it. I guess it depends on what you guys watch. Yeah. So, uh, no, any whatever, whatever we want. It, we want your take on it. If it's if it's able to be watched in my on one of my streaming services, even better. But you know, if it's worth <laughs> if it's worth seeking out from Amazon, you know, it's you know, it's not the worst thing in the world to have a buy a DVD on Amazon or Laserdisc. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> To invest yeah, in a laser right, disc exactly. player. Yeah. I, I it, actually it probably has a laser disc release. I downloaded a version of Cemetery <laughs> Man in ASCII. It's really weird. It's all all text. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, man. We'll we'll uh, we'll we'll get in touch with you uh, on a future episode and uh, we'll see you next time for your next plop. Word. You Tune in me. next time for Adam's plops. <laughs> Later, buddy. Bye. Later. All Great right, guy. Cool. So we're we're stri- uh, segue right into streaming picks, yeah? Yeah, yeah. Stream. We need. We need, we really need Picks. music for these segments. I almost came up with a little tune for Adam's plops. Like I almost recorded it before I came over here. <laughs> <laughs> just like a little guitar tune, just like just like a G C C D minor chord. <laughs> and Adam's plops. Like. <laughs> well, uh, if, my... any, if our listeners have any musical uh, acumen uh, whatsoever, you know, and you don't want to send a movie recommendation or. And send us a, a some song. theme song, but you want to yeah. put in the effort to write and yeah. record a song. <laughs> uh, send it, do that instead. <laughs> we have our budget for uh, music uh, procurement is uh, five dollars. So. <laughs> Split between three people. Yeah, so we can pay up. <laughs> yeah, we can pay up to a dollar seventy five a piece. Yeah. <laughs> um, Tyler, right. you, you want to lead be... this thing off? Yeah. So uh, my streaming pick this week, oh, man, I. So I had one streaming pick, and then I canceled it. Uh, I'll quickly <laughs> cancel culture is ruining our podcast. <laughs> I I canceled it because I thought it was a little bit too on the nose. Uh, just because it was a shitty movie that I watched on Amazon Prime. It's not supposed to be a shitty movie. It's supposed to be a good movie. Well, it's 
it, I would only recommend it to see the insanity of Gary Busey's acting in this, <laughs> um, and that is uh, 2003's Quigley. Quigley? Uh, Quigley. Uh, it's a movie about Gary Busey being turned into a dog. Uh, it's a whole thing. I'm is it a make... kid's movie? Yeah, it's it's a kid's movie, but it highlights <laughs> Gary Busey's insanity. They remade it into The Shaggy Dog starring Tim Allen. <laughs> and then later, there was Kevin Spacey did one, but he was a cat. Yeah, so I, I won't get into it too much. So if you guys, listeners watch it, out there... Watch it or don't watch, watch it. Watch it or don't watch it. it it's, <laughs> a, it's a terrible movie, but it was funny. All right. Um, but my real streaming pick is streaming on HBO Max. Uh, which Max! Is, yeah. Uh, HBO to the max! Yeah. So... Uh, <laughs> Is it, you, know, you, you guys don't watch you HBO, guys, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> you guys might be surprised by this uh, pick because it is considered a children's movie. Oh my gosh. Damn, I know. It's crazy. This um, pandemic is changing you. I, it is. Uh, my Neighbor Totoro. Oh, oh okay. come on. It's, yeah, it's not a kid's movie. Well, okay. So all ages movie, yeah. you should say. <laughs> Uh, Totoro is like a pedophile death god. Or <laughs> <laughs> so they say. Uh, so uh, my neighbor Totoro, uh, you got everyone should be familiar with this movie. If you're not, it's about uh, this uh, family who moves to some rural place and they find uh, a spirit in the forest and a little girl f- finds a spirit. Yeah, and it should it, be mentioned that this is a Studio Ghibli animated Japanese movie. A classic. Yeah. classic. Like the classic. I- iconic yeah. Ghibli movie. In disclaimer though, like I, I It's in the logo. I just I just wanna I just wanna say that uh every time I watch a Studio Ghibli movie, the music it's it's so effective to me that like I choke up every time I hear yes, any have. sort of like Spirited Away or yeah. Princess Mononoke or mm-hmm. My Neighbor Totoro. Mm-hmm. Like I'll just be like oh, oh my god. Only way, only, way, only way it could get better if it was Tom York doing it. Oh yeah. Well <laughs> yeah. well, I don't know. I mean he might yodel it rather than <laughs> music but uh, my neighbor totoro is an all-ages film by studio ghibli uh it's, directed uh, by hayao miyazaki yep hayao miyazaki at uh leaping off into his prime and do does hbo max have all of the uh ghibli properties i was gonna say that they do except for one what uh grave of the fireflies which that's is, not a ghibli movie yes it is is it yep it was one of their first Ghibli movies, hmm. and it is the most horrifyingly depressing movie ever. Hmm. But uh, yeah, I, I actually recommend HBO Max. I recently got it. There's a ton of great content, and um, just as a side note, they're actually uh, picking up a show by uh, the creator of the regular show that he was going to make an adult cartoon with the same animation style of the regular show, and I was really hyped about it. TBS was going to pick it up, and then they're just like, eh, uh, fuck it and so hbo max is like okay we're gonna take it hmm. and so uh yeah so they have all the ghibli movies minus the grave of the fireflies uh i would watch my neighbor totoro just because it's it's a uh um, then, then spirited away then princess mononoke yeah it's all great films i mean really my streaming pick actually kind of transcends from my neighbor totoro to all of those other movies so uh <laughs> <laughs> that's fair a, enough what's the best ghibli movie Spirited Away. 100% Spirited Away. Uh, Mononoke no, no, no. is the... But... <laughs> well, what, 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 would, what would you say? Princess Mononoke. Okay. Well, that's... That, that's 
I, I respect that decision. I, I would say Grave of the Fireflies. <laughs> well, that that's the most heart gut wrenching. I've film. actually only ever seen Spirited Away. So. Oh, and uh, one oh, yeah, I did see Princess Mononoke too. It was pretty, pretty damn good. <laughs> yeah. One more thing about my neighbor Totoro is that there is a fan theory saying that the two girls dead. Yeah, at the yeah. end. Yeah, and that's why they're on the tree with the spirit. Mm-hmm. And spoilers. If you haven't seen Totoro already, <laughs> come on. Well, what are you doing? Uh, to be fair, hi, hi, uh, Miyazaki. Or Ghibli, I can't remember if it was Miyazaki or Ghibli, just came out with a statement saying, "Yeah, that's not true." Oh well, th- th- <laughs> just, I don't care just, what the creator. I know. Just, say. So there's, there's there's obviously I'll theory. What I believe. I mean, there's theories that Totoro is the god of death, um, which is literally just theories, and then uh, Ghibli denying it. Yeah. So it's that's like true. you can. I mean, it's art, so you can interpret it however you want to. I thought it. I thought, but I just thought it was interesting, and it kind of adds more depth to the movie. In, well, it, it makes it not that fun if you think of it that way. <laughs> yeah, uh, but yeah, that that's uh, my glowing cool. endorsement for HBO Max and Studio Ghibli. Nice HBO Max to the max. All right, um, I have one streaming pick that I have been wanting to watch for years um, since it came out, and finally did watch it. Um, this is Lock. Oh. Yeah. Streaming on Netflix. I've been putting this off for a long time. Is it good? Yes, it is very good. It is a one-man show starring Tom Hardy, driving from in his lips. Yeah, in his lips. Um, this is a young Tom, Tom Hardy. Hardy this is a, a young in his career Tom Hardy, 2014. Well, he still had so a MySpace full. and taking selfies. Uh, yeah. Oh God. <laughs> Don't look that up. Um, and this is a, yeah one-man show. There are other. There are other characters in the movie, but you only see Tom Hardy driving in his BMW uh, from, uh, he's an hour and a half outside London, because this movie is in real time. Mm -hmm. Um, It's an hour and 25 minutes long, and he's just on the phone with different people the entire time, and basically he plays Ivan Locke, a, a, uh, a man who's very successful in his career. He's the best uh, foreman. Um, like a around site or something. Yeah, and he's. There's I didn't a, even know you could be a best he's, at the, the foreman. It, he's on the e. He's on the eve of the biggest cement pour in London, <laughs> in in London history. High stakes. Um, it is. Yeah, this it, can't go and, wrong. And the cement is already mixed. It's very. It's it's very weird because you you're get, I'm getting that like a, I'm getting a lot of like information about cements and <laughs> and I'm like it's got to be this specific mix of cement. You use basalt in that, you motherfucker. He, he, so he's so this stars Tom Hardy, Olivia Coleman plays uh, a a mistress character, um, which is kind of. Basically, the reason his life is falling apart, that's the, basically the movie, is his life is falling apart. He's on the eve of this giant job that's like $100 million worth mm-hmm. of cement being poured the next day, mm-hmm. and he's putting it on the shoulders of of this other guy who's never done anything like this in his life before. Um, he's delegating it to him? He's delegating it to him, oh, no. and he's on the phone with him, try, telling him what to do. He's a very He's very meticulous in his... Uh, he's obsessed with his his buildings. He's that the Kubrick he, of cement that he makes, like because he he refers he refers it refers uh, to it as his building. Like this is yeah. my building. Yeah, uh, my building will 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 steal the sky, hmm. um, and like my my building will cast a shadow a mile long. Um, Shall fight in the shade. Yes, 
fight <laughs> in, the, in the darkness. Yeah. Um, and at the same time, he's traveling to London because his mistress is giving birth uh, to a baby, his baby. Um, and it's just, it's very tense. And it's all contained in his BMW? All contained in his BMW. He's talking on the phone. No, there's no music, like, or anything, really. There's just, like, kind of droney sounds, sounds of the traffic all right. and all this. Olivia Coleman, uh, a young Tom Holland hmm. uh, voice that you hear. Um, uh, the actor who played, oh, Andrew Scott, who played uh, Moriarty in the Sherlock series with uh, Benedict Cumberbatch. Mm-hmm. Um, Ruth Wilson and... Uh, some other people that you don't really need yeah, to, you don't. to know about, but it's yeah, it's very, it's a very interesting. If you're into one man, literally, literally one man shows, mm-hmm. um, it is the Tom Hardy show uh, for an hour and a half, and uh, yeah, it is cool. very tense. Where's it streaming? Netflix. Oh, no excuse not to watch. Yes. Cool. Um, you got any other ones you can nope, like do? My that that is it. All right, I'm going to run through a few things that I watched this week that are worth talking about, but not at length. Um, on Netflix right now, The Lovebirds 2020, Kumail Nanjiani, and oh, what is the other? What's the girl's name? Um, Issa Rae. I recognize her from some stuff, but not, not I couldn't rec- tell her name. Fun romantic comedy a la Date Night with uh, um, Tina Fey and um, the guy from The Office. Steve Carell. Oh, <laughs> how can you forget that one? I just had a brain fart. Uh, it was it was fun enough. It was kind of indie quirky comedy, and it was done by uh, Michael Showalter. So if you're into that scene, that's your for you. Um, I watched the classic uh, anime Akira on Hulu nice. from 1988. Um, didn't land for me. Animation was really impressive, but uh, it was I don't know. The story kind of went yeah nowhere yeah. for me. I mean, it went a lot of places, but it was really convoluted and kind of overdramatic i think that the the animation carries that movie i think yeah. that's what why it makes it so that no, was cool i mean classic it's, it's it was just, worth it's worth very a, yeah worth visual. a watch but it, you got to be an anime guy to get into it I, i'm sure this would be in your top tier of animes aka uh, you have to be a weeaboo yeah you gotta be weeb for that <laughs> um and then i'm gonna go down a rabbit trail because we also got hbo max and they have um kurosawa movies almost oh, yeah. almost all of them on there and i've been wanting to go back and watch his catalog um, I've seen Seven Samurai a couple times, and it was, it was fantastic. And he's uh, Kurosawa was kind of a um, groundbreaking movie maker, and a lot of modern stuff is based off of his movies. So mm-hmm. I watched uh, Yojimbo from 1961, uh, my favorite years of Cars, 1961. And they, he made <laughs> he made uh, this is a kind of a, a lone. Uh, roaming samurai for hire it goes to a town that has two gambling pit like bosses in town and he pits himself against the two bosses to try to make the most money from their plight he's like setting traps for them and faking kidnappings and killing the other side's team and then blaming it on the other team so he can get the most money out of it and it's an interesting it he seemed like a part that would be played by clint eastwood if this was an american-made movie and it was yeah. it was really good that's on hbo max um but uh again you got to be in a specific state of mind to want to watch a Kurosawa movie. Um, but the, the a good, a very accessible movie, which I will recommend streaming on Netflix, is called The Endless. You guys heard of that one? Mm, uh, it sounds familiar. So it looks kind of like a supernatural kind of sci-fi sort of thing from the 
um, poster. And it's pretty much, it's basically a, a, a brother, a t- couple of brothers as adults. And you find out through the exposition that they were, the older brother broke them out of a cult. When hey, I stream picked this. Did you? Like weeks ago. Like, Is it really? Is that or, the one? Yeah. Oh, okay. It's like a low budge. I don't remember the name of it. He subconsciously it was a, It was a low budget movie like the effects aren't that that great or yeah. anything and the acting isn't like super great but the story is really interesting they're stuck oh. in a time loop yeah the whole time i was i was watching it i'm like this movie sounds so familiar <laughs> <laughs> it was really really good um but the the funny thing about it was that when i, I watched it you know what i might have even added it to my list right during the streaming thing, oh yeah and just added it because i was like where did this come from on my streaming list um i use an app called just watch yeah and and it, the great thing about that is you can just click add to watch list, and I just pick through all these movies that I hear recommendations yeah. throughout the months. But uh, I, as I was watching it, remember the scene where they go to the the house and the guy's handcuffed to the yeah wall? yeah yeah. I seen that scene before somewhere, and I'm like, hmm, I know that house. This seems familiar. I know that house, and I know that the the handcuff to the wall thing would happen in that house. And it was a, a movie that the same writers and directors made. It was called Resolution. Mm. from 2012 okay also streaming on amazon prime and it's it's a guy that goes and takes his friend out in the middle of nowhere to try to break his addiction his like meth addiction mm-hmm. and he cha- he chains him to a pipe in the wall and just basically leaves him on a on is a this bed. before or after the end this was like four years before oh, okay uh resolution was 2012 so is that like an, an easter egg i think so yeah oh, and for them anyway. same writers and directors yeah this was six years later they made the endless but the so I agree with Joseph. Good streaming pick. Yeah, it, yeah, it's 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 <laughs> really it's endorsements. a really interesting uh, story. Yeah, it's cool. and uh, I mean it is low budget and the effects aren't so great, but yeah, it's 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 worth a watch. They were pretty effective for what they do, and they do they do a good job of like the bit with the magic trick and the ball, and then it pays off later, mm-hmm. and the bit with the rope, and there's kind of like something there that I won't spoil it, but it's very accessible. It's an easy watch. It's. Uh, just a hair over an hour and a half, I think. Yeah. Tune actually, in for our uh, six episodes longer. later where I recommend it as a screen. <laughs> yeah. Like, have you guys ever heard of The Endless? <laughs> it is uh, 92% of Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. That's, that's pretty wow. high. Yeah. For I mean, you can tell that it's low budget and stuff, and maybe some of the acting is not the best, but um, it's, I mean, I'm, I'm picking nits. It's a sleeper, for yeah. sure. It's a good, good, good quality one. So check out The Endless on uh, Netflix. All right, cool. Or Hoopla. Oopla. Oopla. That's it. That's all I got. All, all right. right. Cool. Time, well, uh, time for the whisper. Uh, yeah, time for the whisper. Uh, so this is, uh, we're going to talk about Suspiria, the remake by Amazon Studios. Oh, yeah. They they were the production company. Uh, so He uh, has a name. It's Luca Guadagnino, <laughs> another Italian <laughs> filmmaker. Uh, what is What did Luca do? Call Me By Your Name. Oh, yes. Uh, uh, so for our listeners out there, Suspiria remake is streaming on Amazon prime. So you guys can go and watch this and then come back and listen to this. Or you, I don't, I don't, if care. You don't I, care. I don't care. What just you want to do. Just, made in 2018, starring a bunch of people. As long as you're you, listening. A bunch of people you wouldn't recognize. And also Chloe Grace Moretz and Tilda Swinton. Well, actually, and the girl from Fifty Shades of Grey. Oh yeah. Dakota Johnson. Uh, Dakota Johnson, which I kept thinking, I was like, Dakota Fanning. Uh, I, no, yeah. Dakota Johnson. Um, I couldn't pick her out of a crowd if I wanted to. All right. Well, so Suspiria remake. I think uh, I'm just going to put it out there first. Is that I think this is how remakes should be done. 
as was beautifully made. It's a runtime of 152 minutes, which may seem intimidating. It's very long. It well, it doesn't feel long though for me. Like a little drag at the the end of the second uh, act, I think could have probably pinched out a lot of the. A lot of the stuff about the old man, the doctor. Oh yeah. Oh well, I, I, well, we'll get. I'll get into that aspect as well. Uh, a little bit of trivia. Uh, this is based off of a 1977 movie by Dario Argento. Woo! Uh, <laughs> 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 you proud of me, Ma? I didn't mispronounce anything. <laughs> um, <laughs> have you guys seen the original one? No. Yes. Pete, Pete, yes. Okay. Joe, no. Okay. So <laughs> they're the move. These two movies are polar opposites on how they are done. So glad you said that. Uh, I was worried you were going to say they were so similar. Oh, no. Uh, no. So while the original one hinges on the technical filmmaking aspect to make it a good movie, mm-hmm. the remake focuses on the story that is presented. Although the technical aspects are pretty amazing as well. That that is true. Um, But with the original one, it's more about like the colors. Yeah, the color scheming in the the original. Visuals, aesthetic of the movie. Yeah, the camera movements and the color um, themes of the original is, I mean, it, Extreme. 77, right? Yeah, 1977. A lot of of more like modern movies, even like Gaspar Noe stuff and um, Nicholas Winding Refn use like a lot of like hard color palettes in mm-hmm. in movie in like different scenes to invoke different emotions or even almost for like a like a visual motif for certain characters. So what the original has going for it is the score and the visuals because the story is basically non-existent in the original. It, it only it only really only shows up in like the last 15 minutes or so like the much like, like the trailer, trailer says. says yeah you're like you're like what's happening and all of a sudden 15 minutes later you're like oh shit okay there's no. a lot of wrap-up um so uh, originally the suspiria movie was supposed to be a trilogy which he did attempt to do um i never been compelled to watch his sequels to suspiria but <laughs> i've heard that they kind of just like get worse and worse and then you get to mother of tears which was made in i think oh seven oh seven yeah he, he he took a break after inferno which is the sequel to suspiria and then he made mother of tears which was panned and like, then glenn danzig was... covered that movie oh, made, made mother <laughs> yeah <laughs> which ties into suspiria to be honest because like you could re-edit that last scene of the suspiria remake with with mother Glenn Danzig. The Danzig's mother. <laughs> <laughs> Instead of Tom York. Uh well Oh yeah, that's a that's a the the, the whole the soundtrack is Tom York of um that's right. Radiohead. So um anyways, uh, initi- I thought he, I thought they used him really well too, by the way. Sure. I liked it a lot. So, yeah, that's great. So initial thoughts uh after watching it, what did what, what how did you guys feel? Like did you like it or I thought it was fantastic. Oh thank God. I really did God. enjoy this movie mm-hmm. um so you're you're on the up right now tyler <laughs> <laughs> yes you have to replace this with another movie tread carefully man. <laughs> oh, oh. i i enjoyed it a lot i as i was watching it i was coming to the realization that i enjoy movies that make me feel uncomfortable 
Sure. Like I enjoy like if a movie can pull out an emotion out of me that I'm not familiar with, then that movie is something else. Definitely. It is I mean, that first scene, that first like big dramatic scene of Olga. Oof, yeah. I was like, my mouth was agape <laughs> watching this. This you have, you have these parallel, like this beautiful, like interpretive dance happening, and then you have this awful, horrible thing disfigurement happening to this person. <laughs> yeah, it was. I don't know why I'm laughing at the juxtaposition. The juxtaposition was was just like (laughs) i thought it was used very gratuitously (laughs) it was i mean that scene that like like i was in i was into the movie already but that scene i was like oh (laughs) oh that was that was the moment that it turned into a different movie yeah i was like i am well nervous but i am excited to see where this will go and i was happy um where it went and disturbed. <laughs> and I drew a lot of parallels to The Witch. Oh, all right. There yeah. Some, yeah, I could I could see that. Yeah, I feel like if you like The Witch, you would like this movie. Definitely. Um, I also enjoyed this movie quite a bit. I had a lot of fun watching it. Even the even like the difficult to watch parts was like, oh my god, this is so oh, this like, is fucked gut, up. Yeah, it's gut wrenching in some 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 scenes. Um, I think maybe I was expecting it to be a little bit more toned down and some of the more like graphic stuff. And I think it probably could have, you know, improved the movie a little bit if I were to be at the helm, but I wasn't, uh, Luca Guadagnino was and it hit me up and he, yeah, and he, <laughs> he's got my number. I don't know why, but the, uh, <laughs> but yeah, the, the, the parallels was very cool. Um, the whole like women's empowerment thing was pretty cool too. Like it was all very like, very feminist. very feminist. Yeah, very feminist. And it didn't really go into the... I was watching it with Brie, and she watched the original. We watched the original together a long time ago. And re- I really enjoyed that one. And um, this was a very different... A very different movie than the original. So Almost like not even... like. Well, that's I mean, that's exactly it. I, I think that I'm, I wrestle with the idea of what you said about you saying this is the right way to do a remake is make do your own thing. But at the same time, I feel like you could just not call it Suspiria and call it something else and it would be just as good. Almost, yeah. for me, almost almost better. Like, I was expecting but. A, a type of movie or a feeling. I was tr- expecting to feel, you know, a certain way and mm-hmm. I was... It was polar opposite to that i was in a it was in near the end a like a sci-fi cult body you know body splatter movie you know yeah but that ending is amazing it was crazy i think i I lost it lost me a little bit at the the end scene but uh, um the the things that i appreciated about it was i love a great dance number and there was a lot of them in this yeah and I, i like that i really enjoyed um Climax, Gaspar Noe's Climax. Oh, that, yes. And uh, it was like a, the rave. Yeah. French, ballet da- French dance LSD rave. fueled a dance yeah. party. Yeah. Need to watch that. It, yeah, that was really fun because of the dance numbers and stuff. But uh, 
Um, I, I enjoyed that. And I liked the parallels. Like Joseph said, there was, you know, it's no secret. The movie is about a, like a witch coven uh, housed within a, like a dance studio. Mm. Yes. And the dancing was like casting spells on people. It was very yeah. witchy. Yeah. I, that's what I really, <laughs> that's what I really liked about this movie uh, more so than the original is that it, the original takes place in a dance academy, not to like keep comparing it to the original, but the dancing was much more important. Mm -hmm. And I think that was really effective in how it's creating the mood of like, okay, so this is an evil dance academy. And they're, they're a little ham fisted with like the whole witch thing, because in, in the original that you don't find out really they're witches until like the very end. There's no, Hints. Do you think that was a fault, uh, that it was more so on the witch side? Because I thought that was a no, strong point. Not because not because they leaned on it, but because of, like, the, like, the, um, I can't, I remember one, one specific scene where the girl says in her book that they're witches or something like that, or notebook or yeah. witches or something. She called yeah. them witches as she left. And, I know. And all the witches. witches, all the witches, like, looked at each other like, do they know? <laughs> it was like, that was of kind course of they know. Yeah, I mean, I could have gone either way with that. Like, I mean, because the opening scene is is Chloe Grace Moretz. Yeah. Um, having and a, she, having a panic having, she's like, thank well, God I don't have to say her name. We're in 1977, the original time, the, the original year that the original movie was made. Oh, I thought, well, yeah, it was during the Berlin Wall controversy or no there was, there was some terrorist yeah uh, a terrorist group going they hijacked on. a plane there was like yeah that was like Based a, on real there events. was like a side plot uh going on with that um but chloe chloe grace moretz has escaped this dance company this is the beginning of the movie mm -hmm. and we see her go to the doctors like a psych like a psychiatrist psychologist therapist. um and I don't even, was that guy actually German? Was he an actually, uh, an actually he, old guy? It's actually Tilda Swinton. Yeah. Oh, is it? That's yes, Tilda Swinton. Oh, okay. I was like, this is, is this it, actually an old person? And so is uh, Marcos. Mother Marcos is also Tilda Swinton. I'm so, not, yeah, I'm not you, surprised. If you re <laughs> when I rewatched this movie and knowing that the old guy was Tilda Swinton, I was just like, oh, God damn it. The voice, I can't. <laughs> I'm not going to be able to ignore it now. I know. The second I saw that character, I thought, this is a younger person in prosthetics. I know. I was like, this is not an old man. But, but yeah. it, it wasn't bad. The makeup, the old makeup. Well, I, I, it was good. It was I good. didn't even notice I was just it. expecting there to be either two things. Either a flashback to when he was younger, because I thought it was a dude in yeah. the old makeup. Uh -huh. Or him doing some acrobatic something, some physical feature that an old man couldn't do in real life. Instead, you know, <laughs> like Johnny Knoxville, you know, skateboarding as an oh, old man, yeah, yeah. you know. Oh, I was thinking Tony Collette and Hereditary where she's climbing up those walls. Exactly. Um, <laughs> Took words out of my mouth. Anyway, uh, so yeah, the beginning of the scene, it's like suspicious. She's like singing and dancing in this therapist's office and, and she's like kind of acting like a crazy person. Mm -hmm. yeah. And she's talking about she she wanted to be inside of me. She can hear me. She can see me. She stole my hair. She stole, yeah, she stole my hair. My urine. My urine, <laughs> my urine. Which was weird. I mean, it's a witchiness. I, I don't <laughs> question this. Um, so we get, like, that's the first hint. I don't think the... I don't think the word witch is said in that first no. part of the movie. It's, it's not. She is... She isn't. She doesn't say it until uh, like later on. But they they definitely like lean on it. Like they lead the audience to know the the hook. I mean, but again, with it, the first dance routine of the of the red haired chick, Dakota Johnson, um, the audition. 
I guess it's the second one. Her okay. her performance where oh well, she takes over the lead. Up. Yeah, yeah. That you this you see the little spirit thing go into her hand when she presses on her palms. And, yeah, and you yeah. see like that. I was like, whoa. Yeah. And then you see the energy going into her feet. And yeah. You see that horrific, I, I, I horrific scene. Yeah, the, I I'm okay with the, like the strong implications of of the witchiness and the magic and stuff, mm-hmm. but I also could have done without it. My my the it's leave a, a little more to imagination. Yeah, it's a, a very small criticism for me. But when you're learning writing as a, in like junior high, they say, "Show me, don't tell me." Yeah, you know, exactly. you don't you don't need to say, you know, they're witches. You know, <laughs> you know what I think. I think the cutaways. If we're going to talk about that scene where she's like under spell, under a spell, and she's controlling Olga's body yeah. in that secret room yeah. i think the cutaways are very um appropriate like it's not just like all just deformed body or all just dancing like it definitely no, no, no. there's a no, really good middle ground very well shot scene very well shot very well edited mm-hmm. uh scene it oh, was and then like when she's like all contorted and she pisses herself <laughs> that was like she like it, vomits and pisses herself it was like the cherry on top of like how far they're gonna go <laughs> like like it definitely gives you a sense of danger with the witches especially in the beginning and then after that scene it, it it backs away like it's like okay so we're gonna not and oh and i forgot the meat hooks yeah where they just Ugh. go like whoosh, right into her back and then drag her that, away i was like look so the, yeah the con- being all like contorted i was like whoa it's God, bad enough that's she bad was still alive. and then all the all the other uh mothers yeah um they're just like surrounding her Moving. and i thought she was dead yeah i did too but she, just she was still breathing. She's, she's like, like how how would anyone be alive yeah. Uh, and then yeah, they take the hooks Witch out, magic. and then they show the makeup, and the effects were really good because it it's bad. just like yeah, very right, unsettling. Right in. Oh god. And yeah. then they back away from that kind of brutality, and they're just like, mm-hmm. okay, so now she's uh, Susie rises through the ranks, while the subplot is of the old man who is suspicious of the dance the, company the dance company he doesn't know why he is he doesn't believe that they're witches but he thinks there's something going on what, so he can't. his his actual uh, explanation when he's talking to the police is that he um he thinks that you can use your uh like make people believe in your religion quote-unquote religion which is this uh coven the witch coven yeah and use it to have people cause real life violence a la the protesters and the, the R the RAF yeah the R, yeah, yeah exactly and that's his his interpretation is that this crazy Chloe crazy Moretz came to my office and and she's got so, <laughs> something going on down at that dance studio yeah, and I'm gonna tell the cops on. and he doesn't he clearly doesn't think it's a it's a witch thing but he tries to warn Anna I think the girl's name is Shia LaBeouf's IRL wife Mia oh uh, yeah uh, Goth. Sarah Goth Sarah Goth. yeah Sarah. her name's yeah. Sarah yeah yeah he tries to warn her at the at the lunch, and she's oh, like, "Fuck off!" Going on. And but it worked. He planted that noodle inside of her head, and now she's looking through the hallways, and she sees the meat. Yeah, hooks. she was the most uh, like uh, against uh, like that anything was going on at yeah, all. And yeah. then and then she like starts investigating a little further. She planted that yeah, seed. Yeah, with planted the seed. Finger. Yeah, oh. and then <laughs> and so Susie rises through the ranks very quickly because. Uh, Madame Blanc 
she sees like there's there's some weird connection that you can see immediately like she like almost like teleports into like the room little, yeah and, little does she know why the why she feels so strongly oh, for her sure. that's why i really like this remake of hocus pocus it, <laughs> it was <laughs> really well done yeah Except for in this version, there's more than three sisters. There's like 12 of them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's actually a remake of uh, Hocus Pocus and The Witches starring Angelica Houston. Oh, sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, so she rises through the ranks really quickly. She's obviously a very talented dancer coming from like some Amish community. Uh, Ohio. Yeah, some, yeah, Ohio. That's what it yeah, is. Yeah, yeah. And then you have the subplot of the old man being kind of like weird and just like kind of just like, eh, there's something kind of weird going on while also, uh, you know, just he's just living through like you can you can see him walking through the streets and like why, there's all this violence going on. Why did you why was that important to show the old the old man uh, walking, taking a train to another train, going from East Berlin to West Berlin, walking down the country road, putting his. To get to his, I think it was house. house. Yeah. So why what, do they have to show him eating a sandwich four times? <laughs> what, so my interpretation is that it's them trying to make you like soften, soften from the brutality. Sympathize. Yeah, of the witches. Like you kind of want to. It almost seems like the movie is trying to make you forget that there's witches happening. It's kind of just like in well, a background. And then once you get I, in, you're just like, Oh shit. I like, think also because there's no sympathetic character in the dance company. The only, the only character we sympathize with is the old man. And Sarah, you feel bad for Sarah. Yeah, kind of, but not like, for a little bit, but she's like her friend. Who's just, but that's for only part of the movie. This is the whole movie because we find out that his like wife went missing mm-hmm. in his past. He's an old man. He has to travel so far. He's walking hella long. He's got that big ass hearing aid. Yeah. It's snowing, <laughs> which never yeah. is brought up. Which it, I like, I like details yeah, like me. that, that are never brought up Agreed, for yeah. any, any reason. Um, and it's just good character building. And like the end of the movie, like he, cause like there's a shot in the, and when we first get to the, his like house where he had his, him and his wife with the heart carved into the house in the corner. Yeah. Um, and like, he like puts his hand on it and it's very, it's like, oh, he has a lost love. Yeah. It's, it, yeah. it is sweet. You do sympathize for the guy. I just but what happens to him? It's like, don't do this to the old man. I know. Is he going to show his dick now? Come on. And so, I mean, <laughs> like this guy with that said though, he, he, after they call the cops in which is a really hilarious scene where uh, when they get uh, hypnotized yeah where uh, Sarah and uh, Susie are uh, investigating and they look through the people and oh, they makes see so much these... more sense now after watching the ending <laughs> why she says nothing the, the two girls the main the main girl Susie and her friend Sarah who's like her, her little companion reassuring her they find some creepy stuff and they're trying to look for her, like records in the office and oh, they're looking for uh patricia's yeah but... they're looking for a phone number yeah because she's skeptical that olga didn't like get, get yeah. home yeah yeah and they uh and so she's like you should look around see if there's anything else and uh, Susie looks in the other room and she sees two of her teachers essentially which are actually witches but she doesn't know that and they're tormenting these two cops that they've came in to question Laughing them. at their genitalia. And she's got, yeah, they're hypnotized and they're like frozen in time and their pants are down and they're like laughing at their dicks and then yeah. like <laughs> acting like they're going to poke through them with the meat hooks. Yeah, the meat hooks. Yeah, I, was, I, I was like, oh God. It's going to happen. And then, um, and then she backs away, shuts the door and goes back into this quiet room and Sarah's like, do you see anything? And she goes, no. nope. Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> they go away. At the time, I thought that was a weird choice. Like maybe 
I, I, don't, I don't know. Like she was in shock or something. But yeah. after you find out who Susie is, it makes a lot more sense. Yeah. She just wanted to let let the coven play out, let the whole sure, like, drama sure. play out. And then uh, we kind of we we go through like you know dance trainings where you know it's kind of it's almost montage like where she is just like trying to improve herself and madame blanc is at the same time is giving her nightmares while she's sleeping which mm-hmm. i think that's the most hor- the that most, was really well done the most the, horror those, aspect yeah, of the movie the, like it's it's the quick frames of horrific yeah stuff. it's very um old style mm-hmm. yeah of of shock uh like flashes. shock horror shock editing yeah not quite a jump scare but almost like the it's same just thing. like oh it's bad imagery yeah. it's it's like those old old that old uh it is shock horror where it's like it's like that that footage of the of the woman who's getting like her eye cut and like jelly comes out oh yeah, yeah i know exactly what you're talking about yeah uh, um, again it's it's a clockwork orange the footage that they show the instigators oh yeah, yeah. and yeah, it, that's it's, a good way and it's literally it. i thought i mean at first, I mean, if it wasn't, if it didn't have the context of it being a nightmare, it would be like, what, what is going on here? Yeah, you know, sure. you know, if uh, it's good that it has, like, oh, it, it, these are nightmares that she's, there's like bad images that she's watching. Mm-hmm. I thought it was effective enough too that I could, I could put myself in that role and and think, I've had nightmares that are like this. It's, it doesn't make sense, but it creeps you out. It gives you an uneasy feeling yeah. at yeah. the end of the night, and you wake up and you're like, oh fuck. No more of that, please. Yeah, and and somebody, one of the other dancers, comes in and is like, "I I I dreamed of hairballs and toilets for three weeks before I got a good night's sleep." <laughs> yeah, they're all just they're all just complacent with whatever this creepy place is because they want to be in this great dance studio. Yeah. And then we get to uh, the <laughs> the main dance the where main they've all been going training for, and they invite the old man like. They're just like, yeah, come on, because they need a witness to this. For some reason. But while that performance is happening, you see, I think it's Sarah. Sarah, yeah, she's off. She's off discovering the catacombs of this uh, academy. Well, she she finds the entrance once, and then she doesn't investigate really. She steals the uh, the meat hook and takes it to the doctor. And then on the day, she does this on the night of the dance. (laughs) (laughs) And she is like walking through the hallways, the catacombs, and then all these like cartoonish black holes from Looney Tunes start showing up. (laughs) Harking back to Space Jam. Yeah, and and she compound fractures her shin shin and it's... (laughs) man. And then She's the witch got is a just, great scream, by the way. The witch way. is just put their hand over and just like, we can do this. They uh, heal her. We're yeah. going to half heal you. We're going to cover the skin so you can't oh, see the God. blood, but the bone you can still is out of place. Yeah, and then they hypnotize her. Yeah, and then she does She does the performance, and then <laughs> we... It, it, this is kind of where I thought the movie started dragging was after the main performance a little bit. Uh-huh. Uh, but what I do remember is that getting towards like the uh the last it's like in the third act essentially uh the old man after you know throwing the meat hook off of the bridge and everything he discovers his old long lost lover yeah his which is jessica har from the original Harp- Harper, Jessica Harper. Is it really? Yeah, yeah. she's the main character. In, yep. uh, oh, that's she's, cool. I thought that was a great callback. Hats off, Luca. And, Guadagnino. Yeah. And this was probably the most intense last half of the movie I have seen in a while, 
where you know he's he's like he's so enamored with reuniting with she his appears long-lost at his love. at his house and she, he's she ex- walking hand in hand with her like canoodling and they're yeah he's in, he's elated he's loving life with his long lost love anka yeah anka yeah and she leads him on a walk and he next thing he knows he looks up and he's in front of the dance studio and he looks back and she's gone Ooh, I mean, oh even thinking about that just gave me chills. And that banshee comes out of the yeah. place and is like, ah! I thought too. I, I mean, I wasn't surprised that she wasn't real. Yeah. I was like, there's no way she's real. She just well, appears yeah, out of you nowhere. Always, you thought it was weird, but. I didn't think of I didn't think of it at all. Bree said it right right before she disappeared. She's like, I don't think she's really there. I'm like, mm, and then he turns around and she's gone. And then the <sighs> quiet, like, it's like still, like, you know, the, the snow is going. Yeah. You can hear nothing because snow cancels out air. So it truly has that, like. <laughs> Everybody suffocates to death when it snows. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. I mean. It's a, sound, those, it's a sound block. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so then all of a sudden you hear like a banshee scream and you're like, oh, and, it, and that's when they actually became, they fully embraced their witchiness. Yeah. yeah. She, she gives the, the classic witch cackle. She's like, ah! yeah. And, oh, yeah, she runs out and grabs them. Yeah. And then this is where the movie completely shifts into a way different, like they took a page out of society's book <laughs> and they just went full time for the shunting. Shit. Yeah. And so, <laughs> They and this old man is confused as hell. He's like, "Why me? What the fuck?" <laughs> and, I'm innocent. And they strip him and they throw him on the ground in and, the basement. In, in the, the basement, basically and, the temple. And then you see a yeah. bunch of naked women and dancer witches. I thought they made a throne out of all the dead. They did kind of. It was a, well. It was a. It was all pentagram. Were, no, I, I thought they made a throne out of the dead. Dancers, oh, the dead dancers, and then oh, and yeah. then they just sort of like part away, yeah. And I was like, Whoa, and, and so, a sub, subplot that we haven't really talked about in this episode that is, I did appreciate how um, sparse they were about it. There's the two main mothers, there's oh, mother, yeah. what's m- mother, Madame Blanc, Blanc, and then Madame Blanc, and then Madame mother Marcos, Marcos, and so they, they take and you don't see Marcos, you don't even know, you, you don't, don't know, know who, who the fuck is. Marcos is. And at the beginning, the first time you see all the witch teachers together in their like teachers lounge or whatever yeah. <laughs> at the breakfast table, yeah, they all are just taking um, uh, votes, and you don't they don't explain what the vote is. They just say Marcos or Blanc, yeah. and everybody gives their vote verbally. Marcos Blanc, Blanc Marcos Blanc Marcos, Marcos. Yeah. and then they say, "Well, uh, we've had an agreement. It's Marcos, and since we've all taken a vote, we are voting to try again." Um, since what's uh, Chloe's character's name? Mortez? Patricia. Or, uh, Patricia. Yeah, Patricia. Since Mortez. Patricia. Since Patricia. <laughs> <laughs> since Patricia didn't work, we're gonna try it again, and that's when they start uh, basically grooming um, the uh, Dakota Johnson's character. Yeah, and yeah. there was really like a uh, Tilda, uh, Madame Blanc, and Susie. They you could feel like there was a sympathetic feeling from Bl- Madame Blanc. Like yeah. it's just like. Actually, I don't know if I want to sacrifice you. I have like this like this I, motherly connection. I don't. I don't know if that's what it was though. I think she was oh. worried because Marcos. If she sacrificed it, Marcos would go to power. Oh, yeah. she's think, like, wow, this ain't right. <laughs> Maybe we should wait a little bit, guys. <laughs> you know, wait for the next vote. So we get into the basement of this uh, dance academy, and this is where we. How have we see... gotten to the end of this movie so quickly? This is two and a half hours. <laughs> Veronica was only an hour and a half. <laughs> 
Well, it's more for the listener. Hey, the, uh, Veronica yeah. is a lot more to. There's a lot more to this movie than Veronica. There could be a there could be a part <laughs> hey, two Veronica. There were three. <laughs> please God, no, <laughs> take me now. There was uh there were three parts to Veronica though. It was like we had to talk about it three times as long. Oh, oh God, that was, <laughs> yeah, that was difficult. But um, so this so we're, was, we're in the, the basement. Yeah, the basement. This is where the movie takes a very like crazy shift and. This is where you see uh, Madame Marcos for the first time. She's wearing sunglasses. Wearing yeah. sunglasses. She she's a woman. She, she appreciates looked, her fashion. She, you know, uh, she is a a goblin of a creature. Like, <laughs> just like looks terrible, like a slug, like a human slug, like almost like how if Jabba the Hutt fucked Leia and then <laughs> Leia gave birth. That would be Madame Marcos. It looks. It looked like um, in the original RoboCop when uh, the guy that plays Red Foreman gets. Uh, I mean, never mind. He's the one who drives through him. But one of his one of his goons like gets acid spilled on him. He starts melting oh, as, yeah. as he walks away, and then he gets hit by the car and explodes. Oh my god! <laughs> Look like that guy. Yeah, with and, sunglasses on and uh, more teeth. Yeah, it almost reminded me of like a character in like a, the Spawn movie. Uh, yeah, I was going to oh, say yeah. Spawn the or clown. Blade yeah. or something like that. <laughs> and so uh, it kind of it it's kind of starts going really fast paced at this point. So it's like uh, things are happening. Yeah, things are happening. <clears throat> I was and, getting a midsummer vibe from all the naked dancing and chanting. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, that's true. Uh, <laughs> uh. <laughs> And uh, Susie comes down very eloquently. She's in a sheer robe, a yeah. shawl. She's in a negligee and gown. <laughs> and you can already tell something's kind of weird going on. Like, you're, just like, <laughs> you're in the basement. There's yeah, 35 yeah. naked witches dancing. But as and far a as goblin. For, this is weird. <laughs> as far as for Susie's character goes, though, oh, you're kind of just very like, calm. yeah, you're kind of just like, oh, there's like a shift. Like she's given. Well, right before the scene, right before that, though, she's she basically shows her whole hand and she starts talking to um uh what's the her name's character name again um Tilda Swinton's character mother Madame Blanc Blanc, Blanc I keep yeah, forgetting Blanc. Blanc she starts talking to Madame Blanc a la the shining and she's just like surprise I can telepathically communicate with you you know <laughs> oh yeah and and Madame Blanc doesn't really think anything of it she's like oh it's working she's one of us now yeah and uh that shift is fully um, realized when she goes into the basement and she's just like, I'm ready. This is what I came here for. Yep. And she's like, oh, f- oh fucking great. And I got to sacrifice this one and Marcos is going to go to power. And uh, plot twist, that's not what happens. She's Mother Superiorum. She is an actual mother herself. She's one of the original, right? The yeah, original she's three. A, yeah, she's yeah. the original three witches, which they bring up in the beginning. And yeah. And, and she summons a but demon. It, what it doesn't say she is... She summons that, Satan, what I it feel like. What it doesn't say is, is Madame Marcos actually one of the original three? No, uh, Madame Marcos was I don't pretending think to yeah. be one of them. At, at one point, it does say in like the diary or somebody says, Marcos claims to be one of the original three, yeah. but I don't think she actually is. No, she's an she imposter. she gets fucking destroyed by yeah. Suspirium. And in Suspiriorium, she already knew that she was a fake, so she was just like, eh, fuck you. <laughs> and then basically the whole the whole ending scene is just like, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you, you're cool. <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> Pretty much. Well, she goes to every... This is where Danzig's mother starts playing. Yeah. <laughs> so Except- she goes to like every... Uh well actually Mother Marcos first karate chops uh 
Madame Blanc telepathically in the back of her neck. She force uh, chops her. Yeah, and uh, her head almost comes off, but doesn't quite. Yeah, like, blood everywhere, like everywhere, like, everywhere. like everywhere. yeah, starts spurting out Kill Bill style. <laughs> and then, and then she starts going on a, not a rampage, like a calm rampage, where she's asking a lot of the dancers. I don't, like, I don't think, and she's actually saying it in real life. I think that's just for the audience to hear it, just yeah. to, to know why she's killing some of them and not maybe it's other telepathically, ones. maybe. Yeah, and she's asking. I can't remember what she's asking. She's like, she's saying, "What? Who do you serve, or something like that?" Oh yeah, no. That's, she, they it, say there can only be one mother. Yeah, you can only have you can only serve one mother, or no, death to all mothers or all other mothers. Yeah, something yeah. to that effect. And but then everyone who voted for Marcos basically gets their head exploded. Yeah, yeah. You just go down the line, each one of them. <laughs> head blown. Yeah, up. just gusher style, <laughs> <laughs> like it. Like a tick that just had too much blood and someone squished it. Yeah, and then everybody, I mean, and the camera work is like the shutter speed is way down. Mm -hmm. Everything is very blurry. um, I think it was to hide the effects of the exploding. What is that room like (laughs) filming in there? It's just just (laughs) naked girls (laughs) dance, still dancing. They're just still dancing. Yeah, and yeah, half of them are, yeah, half of them get their heads blown up. (laughs) And the half are now worshiping her it really felt like that final scene felt like the the shunting scene in society and this and and like this is kind of i mean it's not obviously exactly the same as the witch because the witch is about a girl who has like no other options so she is confronted by lucifer who just like do you wish to live do you wish to live for galiciously and (laughs) she says uh yes and so she becomes a witch she joins a witch coven this this one and flies around this one is more like predestined yeah um and like she was she already she's the main witch yeah she was always the main witch and she just needed to get to berlin from ohio But I did appreciate the the that they had a room full of naked women and they really didn't. <laughs> Is that what you appreciate? No, no. I'm saying they they really didn't sit there and focus on it. No, it wasn't a focal it very, point. It was non sexual, primal. And there was a couple times when you're kind of hearing two of the witches talk to each other and earlier in the movie. Yeah, and you're thinking there's a little bit of a like a lesbian vibe, but nothing happens from it, which was great because yeah. it, it there was could, no like sexual. It was, yeah, it was almost no sexuality whatsoever, which mm-hmm. was. I feel like what's it can have nudity without sexuality. Yeah, yeah. And it doesn't have to be just because two women are very close to each other and comfortable with each other's bodies. They don't have to be sexual about it unless because they're witches. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there was a one instance where like you can hate men and not be a lesbian. Yeah. Uh, there's like, there's like an instance of like, uh, I think it's one of the nightmare sequences where she's like, she gets caught masturbating in a closet. Oh, yeah. And then she gets the iron on the hand. Oh, is that what, what she got caught doing? Yeah, I'm pretty tell. sure that's what she was doing. Oh, that sucked. Yeah. Oh, yeah, the shutter speed in this scene, the camera work is uh, very interesting. It's, it's like dreamlike. Almost. It's very, it's all, it's like handheld. They're just going in a circle, basically. And the shutter speed is way low. How did you think about the music playing and all of this carnage? It, I thought that was, it was kind of interesting to use. It was... I mean, it wasn't like they were playing like horrifying violin string music or like an organ or something. They were playing Tom York's beautiful falsetto <laughs> voice and a piano uh, during this mayhem, uh, yeah. which was, I liked it. I mean, I liked the music in this mm-hmm. movie. It's really good. Yeah. Um, and I thought it was, I thought it was well placed and well made music. 
And then we kind of get to the, so the carnage happens and they're cleaning. You can see like all the witches like cleaning up like the blood afterwards, just like, Oh God. Put, like <laughs> sweeping the bodies into a pile. It's like, what are you, what are they going to do with those? Like, like what, what do you do? This with is the, the worst like, part of this comp- compost pile. <laughs> you can get their old, uh, orange peels and yeah. cucumber scraps. It's just, yeah. it's funny. It's funny to think about that. They show the aftermath. Yeah. Like the cleaning up, and it's like, oh yeah. god, I, this is the worst part of it. It's like yeah. every year I gotta do this. Every year, like in Pulp Fiction, you know, something crazy happens. You know, um, they shoot the dude in the face in the back seat, and yeah. then the next ten minutes of the movie is them dealing with that. It's, it's <laughs> yeah. really funny to think about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so th- we're at the ending now, and I would almost consider this more of an epilogue rather than. Well, they an- call it the epilogue. Oh, do they? Yeah. <laughs> What? There's chapters in the movie. You know, oh, that? yeah, that's right. That's <laughs> Chapter right. six that's happens, right. and then the movie's supposedly over, and then there's an epilogue. Yeah, yeah, well, I, you know, it's funny. I was so into this movie, I wasn't even paying attention to the, the chapter <laughs> card titles. I, I, I almost forgot about that. Uh, well, okay, so it, it truly is an epilogue in every sense of the word. Uh, so uh, Susie or Sus- Suspiriorium? Like, I, I don't know. Susie Suspiriorium? Yeah. <laughs> That's weird. <laughs> sounds like a porn name. <laughs> well, actually, it sounds like an actress who would be in a Danzig movie. It's <laughs> <That's> the same <laughs> thing. <laughs> um, goes to uh, uh, the old man, which... And they're, like, walking him out, and he's, like, his shirt's, like, untucked. and He's, he's like, like, unkempt. He's, like, oh, God, what, what was... I can't... I mean, they erase his memory later anyway. Yeah, yeah they do, but, like... Why do they do imagine? it there? <laughs> that was a weird choice yeah now you have to live with this uh, <laughs> yeah that was kind of like a funny like i don't don't remember too. anything after the that final the finale scene it yeah. was yeah it was so shocking yeah they walk extreme. him out he's like hey don't forget your jacket and, <laughs> and uh susie's walking him out and here's walk, some taxi cab change he walks him back all the way to like his house, and he he's like resting in his bed. I don't think he, it's not Susie. It's that old lady that looks like uh, George Costanza's mom from Seinfeld. <laughs> yeah, she's the one who's walking him out like they just oh, had then, a one night stand. And then Susie comes back. <laughs> yeah, then, she, then yeah, Susie like teleports to his bedside, and her his carer was like, "How'd you get in here?" She's like, "Leave us." She's like, "Okay, okay." <laughs> she leaves the room, and and then he. And then Susie is now talking to old man uh, that's actually Tilda Swinton in makeup. Yeah. And um, I don't remember what he's. Oh, oh, he. She tells him the what truth actually happened to his wife about his wife, which was I thought that was interesting. That was great. She's like God. She knows. Everything. I know. I was like, yeah. how does she just know all this? She stuff? knows everything. Yeah. I get. I mean, I bought it. It's, it's <laughs> yeah. not a big deal. Um, she's that powerful. Of a she witch. just. She just is yeah. all knowing. Very om- omnipotent or omniscient. Yeah. yeah. And then she wipes, took, wipes took, his memory away. Yeah. He. She took. Uh, uh, I don't know, what do you say? Like sympathy on this old guy who yeah. went through so much for no reason at all. Like he was just, he was just like it's a doctor. Uh, all, all he and was we, trying to do was just like help out, like you know these people. But why did he even? I mean, to be on, like honestly, if he was erased from the plot, what what difference would there be? He was. We wouldn't. Was, ha- we wouldn't have the epilogue. Yeah, it wouldn't true. be an epilogue, and she. It would just be. I think. I think that's maybe the where the two and a half hours comes in as yeah. opposed to the hour and a half plot because we have this. I mean, their character not, doesn't exist in the original, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. No, yeah. it doesn't. And so there's like they just wanted to add another. Um, I think this movie is probably way more emotional than the original. Sure. Yeah. And 
partially because of the old man, because we feel sympathy for him because he lost his wife. Maybe he's the protagonist. Yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Maybe. And, you know, we learn, uh, yeah, his wife was lost, and then we find out the truth, that she was uh, put in a camp because she was caught at the border somewhere. Yeah. And Nazi camp. During the war, and she froze to death, basically, with some people she befriended. Yeah, a bunch of other uh, members of the tribe that were in the concentration camp with them. Yeah, and um, well, because they, they didn't believe her that she was born yeah. somewhere else. Yeah, and essentially, he just gets to learn that his wife was thinking about him up to her line. She last didn't die dying she, breath. She didn't die afraid. She was cold, but oh, not man, afraid. I yeah. got choked up on that because it was, like the, yeah, it was sad. The, no words had to come from the old guy. Like the facial expressions alone were just like you can tell like how much deep pain this was causing. Yeah, it was and, very, very, very sad and. And and then the end scene is modern day, his house, mm-hmm. and it's just it's just a close up on the logo, the carving, the, oh, then the logo, the carving, the and the logo, the logo, of his love. the logo of his love, yeah. <laughs> and it's the heart with the A and the J, yeah, Yosef and Anka. Yep. And I think it was really sweet of her to be like, you don't be. It's it kind of alludes to her grand plan where there she's going to start feeding off of the shame and guilt of the human race. And she's like, you don't deserve to be fed off of and erases mm. his memory of all of the shameful and guilty things he feels. And then he's like a new man for like what, like five more years. Yeah. <laughs> maybe at most, maybe that whole character was there so that there was an effective way to show that the witch wasn't all bad. Yeah, right. that she could, she still has morals, and this guy was truly an innocent through all this, and she's given him the best thing yeah. he could ever have is the last memory of his wife, closure about that, and get rid of all the shame and guilt that he has. Mm-hmm. So, um, could have fixed his hearing though. <laughs> sure, what the fuck? Yeah, I mean, come on, all powerful witch can't, can't fix his old age. All right. Uh, so before we get into ratings, there's just a couple of highlight things that I want to bring out. And it's uh, in the beginning of the movie. Uh, I really like the zoom up shots, like the very like jarring zoom up yeah, shots yeah, of yeah. Madame Blanc, like her looking Tilda Swinton has like this just like laser eye focus. Like I, um, I had this thought, uh, cause I saw that Tom Yorks did the score uh-huh. and then I was looking at Tilda Swinton. I was like, if they ever make a Tom York biopic, I think Tilda <laughs> oh, Swinton God. would be the one to play Tom York. <laughs> yeah, she'd do a good job. Yeah, uh, I, I agree. They have the same facial structure for sure. <laughs> um, I really liked how this movie was edited, in, especially in the first brutal scene of Olga being disfigured, as well yeah. as the performance uh that they were doing like where they're all dancing and just like cut to so many different angles but it was such a it was it was so uh how how do you put this uh effective on how brutal the dance is Mm -hmm. it's very physically like Mm -hmm. taxing uh so they did that very well with the camera work and um i think the overall like filter of the movie is very gloomy i mean you can hear the rain almost throughout the movie and it yeah you can see the gloominess you can hear the rain it kind of overall sets a mood that you don't need a score much like the original one to 
carry the movie. So uh, the tone of the movie. It, yeah. Do you guys have any last final thoughts on Suspiria? Um, I mean, I conclude in my ratings. If we want to get into ratings, yeah, let's do it. I, got, right. I got some things to say with my rating too. All right, I'll, I'll go last on my rating. So, uh, Joseph, what, uh, what what do you uh, give Suspiria? Um, I'm gonna give this movie a a four out of five. Uh, very good, uh, very um, disturbing movie that it made me feel uncomfortable. And um, if a movie can do that, I think the movie is worth uh, something and and is saying something. Um, and the filmmaking of this movie was really well done um, as far as the editing and the camera work. The acting was really good. Um, music by uh, Tom York was really well done. Um, all of these pieces uh, just fit so well together to make this movie uh, very beautiful and dark and scary. And uh, it is it is very much a horror movie. Um, and it's not like it's it's a very weird movie yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, it's and, like horror, then it's drama, then it's historical. Yeah. Well, this one specifically um, it has more emotion to it because of the old man, I think. Yeah, I think it has like all the elements except comedy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but cool. yeah, it's yeah, very, very good. Um, might revisit it uh, in a while. Yeah, I'd give it <laughs> I would watch that. I would probably watch that last scene again. Um <laughs> Just because of like all the elements, the camera work and the music and what's happening, exploding heads and <laughs> um, was Tilda Swinton alive? Was Madame Blanc alive still? Yes. Yeah, she was I just think that, paralyzed. That was the uh, door they left open for the sequel. Ah, that's what I think. Oh. Suspiria Two, Port of Call, New Orleans. <laughs> <laughs> Which actually would kind of do well because uh, there's a lot of voodoo magic in New Orleans. Oh, so, yeah. You know. So, yeah. Four out of five. Um, I'm going to give this a three and a half out of five. Oh, come on. Three and a half. Well, you didn't like it? Yeah. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm, en- just I'm entitled to my goddamn opinions. Um, <laughs> I, I think it was uh, it was really ambitious. It was... Uh, I wish it wasn't called Suspiria. I wish it was something else because it was very antithetical to the original. and But... The only thing with that is that if it wasn't called Suspiria, people would say, this is a ripoff of Suspiria. I'd rather have a ripoff of Suspiria. <laughs> no, I, I'm, it's, 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 you're stuck between a rock and a hard place with that because it is a story, story worth telling. Yeah. And the original was great for very different reasons. And this one was a good movie. Mm-hmm. So you can have reverence and respect for the original and still make something very different. It's just, it just has, gives me a weird feeling when I'm like, this is Suspiria? Okay. I guess it's Suspiria. I mean, it's called that. So um, the things I really loved about it was that you could take a horror movie and didn't didn't play it very easy. You know, it yeah. could have very easily have like not included those long dance routines in it, and that was technically very impressive. All the dancers that are that are played besides the two main ones uh, or three main ones, I guess Dakota Johnson, whatever her name, Mia Goss, and um, Chloe Grace Mortez. <laughs> the three besides the three of them those are actually all dancers because they have no they have no I looked on IMDb they'd have no credits um, besides this movie so it's um, it was impressive to see those large scale routines mm-hmm. the the great thing that the original did was it was uh, very 
very very jarring with the sound usage sound effects mm-hmm. and the uh, cin- uh the the soundtrack but this one was just as jarring for like the actual sound effects of the of the actions of the movie the first um dance routine that she does to to um try out mm-hmm. they say oh i don't want to watch you dance with music you have to do this solo and you can hear her feet thundering on the ground yeah. you could yeah. feel her slapping the, you know be, you know the ground beneath her beneath her and it was a uh, really 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 like sh- like you could like like tyler said you could feel the intensity and the power behind the dance and that was a theme in the movie that that worked and they made that very apparent as the dancers were dancing yeah. so i like i like that a lot i really loved that tom york was on board with this and i thought his co- contribution to the movie was perfect Sure. Every time I heard him singing, it was like, this is cool. It's a th- like ethereal, sure. you know, like yeah, it gives you. That's a good description. Maybe I should part. actually try to listen to Radiohead. <laughs> <laughs> I, like, I love Radiohead. In Rainbows was great, and they released that 100% free, which was like groundbreaking at the time. <laughs> Wait, you mentioned Ra- Radiohead, and you mentioned In Rainbows? Yeah. Not Kid A or OK Computer? No, everybody knows about those. Those are great. But the. the it, the aesthetic of the songs that he made for this movie fit more with In Rainbows than like... Oh, uh, yeah, that's very true. Yeah, that's the, very the, true. The, the earlier stuff. So anyways, I liked it a lot. It lost me a little bit with some of like the over-the-topness, like, but but that was also the charm of the movie, so it just didn't land on me as hard as it did with, with Joseph. But still a quality movie. You do not need to see the original. Um, no. I think... No, I think you should watch this one and then watch the original. I agree. I agree. I think so. I think we'll do it backwards. Um, but uh, if you were, if you watched the remake and you were not a fan of it, uh, I have a recommendation instead to take the place. It's called Barbarian Sound Studio, and it is focused more on the audio horror of, of any other movie I've ever seen. And it, it gave me feelings of the original Suspiria in a big way. And it, it was made in like 2008 or something like that. So, oh, all right, three and a half for me. There was something about Marcos, uh, Mother Marcos. It was look. It, she looked very. There was like the moment where she's like, like an Igor, like a, a Frankenstein, where she's like, "It's happening! It's yes. happening!" <laughs> yeah, that made me laugh. I couldn't. I couldn't not laugh at that character. Yeah, she, it yeah. Was so it was over the top. Yeah, it was so <laughs> over the top. Yeah. Um, what's your What's your rating? So Kyle? my rating is a four out of five. Uh, it's entered into one of my favorite movies, and I. Really like, oh, that's cool. <laughs> it bleep, it bleep, beat the Blair Witch. <laughs> Did you guys notice the bla- the witch, like the Blair Witch, like the shape, you know, like the iconic oh, logo yeah. of the Blair Witch? Uh-huh. The twigs. So yeah, the witch, like that logo, that that symbol with mm-hmm. made with the, like the, uh, the down, sh- the sky shot of all the dancers that were in that shape. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Oh, I, thought yeah. pentag- I thought it was a pentagram. Oh, well, that's cool. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if it was supposed to be that, but that's what it looked like to me. Well, even if it wasn't, like, I think that shape is still very effective for describing Is that just a witch? It's like a witchy thing. A witch shape. It's not necessarily the Blair witch thing. It's just just a witch emblem (laughs) logo, the witch logo. That's what, uh, maybe so. Um, I really, really love this movie, which is, I remember when I put it on the wheel, Pete, you were frustrated because you're like i wanted to watch this movie now i gotta wait (laughs) yeah (laughs) i did i wanted to watch it um which uh so i'm glad that we got to watch it so soon it's Mm -hmm. it's definitely like the fifth element's been on there for like nine years oh my god i forgot about that's the longest 
one so far. Uh, maybe the lighthouse as well. Yeah. Uh, Spe- I, speaking of which, real quick before you can get back to your thing, I met a couple of people this weekend who named their daughter Lilu after Lilu Dallas. From, oh, really? From Fifth Element. Yeah. What? Yeah. Very cool. One of my sister's friends, and I was like, I said, ah, Lilu, that's a cool name. Is it short for something? And she goes, Yeah, I'm, I can't really remember the full version of. <laughs> of the of the name though. oh from the movie I'm like yeah. I'm like so this is it's Lilo Dallas then and she goes yes and they threw her a uh, a Fifth Element themed fifth birthday party when she turned five and dressed her up like Lilo was great wow that's that's <laughs> With the orange like yeah the orange suspenders and the yeah. white shirt and pants so. um I think uh, one of the final thoughts I have on this movie is that I really liked how they alluded that the main Suspiriorium witch had already been in this girl's body, like ever since she was a little kid, guiding her, planting the seed until yeah. she gets to the climax of the movie. Um, and it's kind of also alluded that the mom knows that she's evil too, because in her bed, uh, in her yeah. de- deathbed, she says, uh, if I had one thing in my life that I regretted was giving birth to Susie, which I interpreted as that she knew that she, she was, was my sin. That's what she yeah, says. So it seems so. I like that allusion to her already being evil, uh-huh. uh, but she's not really evil, though. I guess evil is really arbitrary in this sense of the world. Um, so, uh, yeah, four out of five, uh, great movie. You do not have to watch the original, uh, although a lot of the shots from the original are in this movie, which I appreciated a lot. Uh, this is how a remake should be done. And with that said, we are going to race it off of the wheel. Goodbye, Suspiria. And then I'm going to add a movie that you guys will both love and our listeners. It's, uh... This is going to be the movie pick that gets me off of this show. <laughs> is this the Greasy Strangler? No, it's not the Greasy <laughs> Strangler. We've already said enough about the Greasy, the greasy Strangler. Okay, go ahead. All right, so... um. Take off Suspiria, and we add the Super Mario Brothers movie. Oh, my gosh. I was just thinking about this movie the other day. <laughs> it's be- And this is why it's relevant, is because the anniversary, <laughs> <Come on. laughs> the anniversary of this movie happened this last week. I There's an, people are recognizing the anniversary of this movie? <laughs> yeah, it's going to be released on 4K Blu-ray. Starring Jim Hoskin and... Um, John, John Leguizamo. Leguizamo. Yeah. yeah and... Um, Oh, Dennis Hopper. Yep. Yeah. As King Koopa. <laughs> Koopa or Goomba? Koopa. Koopa. Who's Koopa? Goombas yeah, are the Goombas his little, are the turds. His, yeah. yeah, his little uh, minions. Super Mario. That don't look anything like the Mario game. No. <laughs> this is basically just like a steampunk version. I used to watch this movie Mario. a lot as a kid. It's Big yeah. Bertha, the bouncer at the Boom Boom Club. <laughs> <laughs> or it's Boom Boom Room. Uh, yeah, I watched this just recently with Justice and Brianna and exposed oh, them shit. to it. Yeah, because we were we were we watched Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Oh, it was then, in that time. And then too. we were talking. I was talking about Jim Hoskin. Um, yeah, his greatest role. Yeah, it, that was his greatest role. And then he was he played Mario Mario in the Super Mario Brothers movie. Yeah, Mario Mario. They explained that Mario was also their last name, so it's Mario Mario and Luigi, Luigi Mario. Mario? Yes. Oh God. <laughs> So yeah, I picked this movie because I was trying to think of us like I'm not going to put another horror movie on there, and I don't want to put like an overtly bad movie. And I don't want to put a good movie on there. God forbid. Uh, Yeah, I want to put. (laughs) I already put a good movie on there. (laughs) 
Yeah, Veronica. <laughs> yeah, so uh, so Super Mario Brothers is on the wheel now, and so now it's we are anywhere. Uh, no, actually, it's not available anywhere on the internet. Uh, <laughs> I have it downloaded. You can't even rent it. No, you can't rent it oh at all um, because I tried watching it. And you can't. You can't. You need the DVD or the VHS or what have you. I uh, we're well on that topic. I was going to say we can watch it here if you guys want next weekend. But that's not going to happen because his last two picks were Tyler's, so he's out. He's out. a two-term limit. Out rule. the wheel. Yeah, yeah so I'm, I'm. This is going to be a mere Joseph relinquishing. Pick. Okay, you guys ready for the spin? I'm going to. Okay. Um, actually, you know what? I need to recap. Right. Recap. We have uh, Super Mario Brothers from Tyler just recently. The Fifth Element from Pete. The Lighthouse from Tyler. E.T. Oh. The Extraterrestrial from Pete. Oh yeah. Uh, Pete's wild card pick: New York Minute, starring Dr. Drew and the Olsen Twins. <laughs> Inner Space from Joseph, The Last Black Man in San Francisco from Joseph, and Joseph's wild card pick, Mac and Me. Uh, I'm and interested in what that is. <laughs> Here we go. Uh, this is going to determine the movie that we watch next week and review on this podcast. Uh, I, no. I think I already know what it's going to be. Mac and Me. Mac and Me from Joseph. Oh, Boy. Okay, so this is a wild card pick. Mac Did- and Me, starring... Wait, are we, we're actually watching Mac, Mac and, and me. me. Mac and Me, starring Ronald McDonald. I thought we weren't... Oh, No, man. we're not watching Mac and okay, Me. Okay, thanks. Starring God. Paul Rudd. Oh, okay. Man. I wouldn't be. I would have a problem. So, Mac and Me, obviously, we're not going to be watching that. I tried watching that once, but I fell asleep. It's fucking bad. It's really dumb. <laughs> um... Paul Rudd has a running joke, yeah, on Conan, on Conan. where he he oh, promotes what, he promotes whatever movie that he's in, but he just shows a clip from Mac and Me of the kid falling off a cliff in a wheelchair, yeah. pushed down the <laughs> cliff in the wheelchair. Oh my god! Uh, so Mac and Me, the MacGuffin, we will be watching. You were never really here. Oh, oh uh, walk, the, starring Joaquin, Joaquin Phoenix. Phoenix. Yeah, the faux documentary. No. That's that's oh, that's oh, I'm still here. Oh, I am still. <laughs> that, this is you were never really here, starring Walking Phoenix, where he plays a hitman, I believe. Um, hmm. Synopsis of this movie: a traumatized veteran, unafraid of violence, tracks down missing girls for a living. When a job spins out of control, Joe's nightmares overtake him as a conspiracy is uncovered, leading to what may be his death trip or his awakening. Hmm. Starring Walking Phoenix as Joe, so he's gonna be Joe. A, he's gonna be a bat. Walking Phoenix as a badass. Yeah, he's gonna take the Denzel role in this one. So I feel it's, like there was a lot of other. It's like if they here. took the the one scene from Drive where he has a hammer and he goes to the strip club and they extend it into a whole movie starring Walking <laughs> Phoenix. Because <laughs> that's like his weapon of choice, from what I believe. Oh, cool. So or they took Leon the Professional, starring uh, Nally, a young Nally Portman mm-hmm. and uh, French guy, um, French guy, <laughs> and made it way more violent. <laughs> yeah, interesting. Hammer of choice, ha- weapon of choice is the hammer, huh? You were never really here uh, streaming on Prime. Amazon Prime. All right, cool. Cool. All right. Well, that's it for this episode of Middle Class Film Class. Um, as we said earlier. Send us your streaming recommendations or your movies that you want to see on the wheel, and maybe yes. we'll stick it on a wild card pick. Yeah, I think we're gonna put a listener's wild card. Yeah, pick on that'd there. be good. Got it. Yeah, we have. So my wild card is off. Who has it next? Is it 
it you? would be he? Tyler. No, because I have one on there. Oh, you do? Okay. Yeah. Well, okay. So, listeners, I, I'm relinquishing my wild card pick spot for you guys. So uh, we can we can do a we can do names in a hat for the ones that Michael sent us. Yeah. Primer and all those. Oh. Had a good one. So we could do one. Ricky O, the legend of Ricky. Yep. So we'll leave that up to you, Tyler. But if you yeah. want to get yours in before the deadline, email us now, so we can get your recommendations in before next week. And um, also follow us on Facebook, facebook.com slash MCFC podcast. Send us those email recommendations or just your feedback on the show at MCFC podcast at gmail.com. Tyler's manning our Instagram page at, at middle class film cr- class. Yeah, just uh, DM me, send me your memes, uh, <laughs> send me your anything. And um, actually, yeah. I want hate mail for once. <laughs> Tell me what you don't like. <laughs> and rate us on iTunes if you listen to us on iTunes. We, I've heard that that helps. Send us, Give us a good rating or, or a little review. Five stars only. Yeah. And uh, until next week, thanks for listening. All right. See ya. See ya. I'm entitled to my goddamn opinions.